Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Winter is coming. Heavy rain, sleet, snow, and ice. Are your tires up for the challenge? Tread confidently in winter's worst with a set of new tires from Tire Rack. They sell only the best, like the full line of hand-cooked tires. Go to TireRack.com sports. That's TireRack.com sports. Tell them what you drive. Your tires will ship fast and free to you or one of over 10,000 recommended installers. That's TireRack.com, TireRack.com, TireRack.com. The way tire buying should be. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Yeah, buddy. Happy New Year to you and yours out there. Hopefully you got to celebrate a little bit. Not too much. Not too much. We joked about it a little bit uh, with a serious message on our fantasy football show, the finale of Fox Football Fantasy for the year. Dan Beyer and I, in our opener, it talks about sleepers and bus and handcuffs. Right, handcuffing running backs, making sure you have the backup and all those things, and said, hey, make sure you don't get led away in any because you celebrated a little bit too hard New Year's Eve into New Year's Day. Hopefully uh, you're free on your own recognizance and hanging out watching what has been a fantastic day of college football. Some good, some bad, Big Ten embarrassed perhaps. Well, the blemish, the one loss finally as Michigan goes down. We'll get into Jim Harbaugh in a little while. Mike Harmon alongside Aaron Torres in for Jason Smith. That means it's a holiday. Happy it, holiday, buddy. It is a holiday for people who don't know. Jason Smith likes to take time off is basically what it comes to. No, um, he does. Well, he does. He likes to 
He likes to slack off a little bit. He's been off for quite a while. He's going to come back uh, rested and probably having consumed a lot of Diet Pepsis. We'll just leave it at that. I was going to say... Diet Coke! I was going to say... Maybe a Diet Coke or five. Shout out to America as everyone starts their diet tomorrow after having done nothing for the last three weeks. But yeah, I I am the glad-to-be-here... Uh, fill in when Jason can't come in. You and I worked July 4th together. We worked Thanksgiving together. We worked Black Friday together. We worked Christmas Day together. And now I can make the lame joke of, Mike, I haven't seen you since last year. But yeah, ha- what, how about that? But yeah. Happy New Year. You, you, happy New Year. It's exciting to be here. I already cleaned up all of the Christmas stuff in my house because life goes back to normal. A lot of folks here in Southern California have another week off. Their kids will be home because they started the... The break a little bit later, mine go back tomorrow. So life goes back to the normal routines, which means I don't have time to be dealing in tinsel and, and old ornaments. You know, when I've had to pack away those Bears ornaments, again, Southside Chicago roots, you know, there was a big day at Hallis Hall today as the McCaskies and everybody had to speak. You get an extension for your GM on the same day you fire your head coach. All sorts of craziness uh, going on in, in the world, but cleaning that up while watching college football. And it was funny because I got to the halftime of the Notre Dame game, right? And there's always the divisional and and conference rivalries that you have. I grew up in Big Ten country. Friends of mine work over at SEC Network, so there's always these fights. And and Notre Dame's kind of just out there in no man's land for me. Sure. Because growing up in Chicago, everybody adopts Notre Dame. So even if they have no connection to the school – Notre Dame fans, and maybe it's it's that whole Rudy effect. I'm not I'm not sure, but you know, paying what I paid and and going through the pains I did to pay for my Northwestern education, I have a little bit of an issue where I'm still trying to reconcile the adopting of colleges. Okay, but either way, so Notre Dame's out there, and and at halftime, this choir gets up there, and it, and it's and it's absolutely glorious because it was it was the song we all needed, and it, it was as we start the new year, it, it really soared. For, for my soul, and I know Ryan Dennis in for, for Justin Frostberg tonight, when he heard the clip, he smiled. Alex Teichert, all he does is smile and tell you about how great life is. But but take a listen to this. This soars because, well, we saw in the Oklahoma game, perhaps you needed a little bit of this. The glorious piano. Not often you hear the holding out for a hero done by a choir in the middle of a football game. I I did not hear this live. I was flipping back and forth between. That was the one time of day where there were multiple games. So what is this? Well, I'm I'm holding out for a hero. Okay. They got a hero in Ian Book later in the day. Well, later on in the day, right? So it's Bonnie Tyler. Okay. One of the the classics as you go. And and we, we do a great job here, I think here uh, in the Jason Smith Show uh, with me, Michael Harmon, here on Fox Sports Radio to give Aaron Torres and all of you out there your pop culture references. And later on in the Oklahoma game, our guy, our, the bespeckled Rodrigo, was the hero of the day. But Notre Dame gets the victory. You have the Central Florida Knights. In about 10 minutes, we will talk about them at, at, at great length because Scott Frost with some very searing words towards the committee and and the hierarchy of college football, as we well know. A lot of 
out of anger for many teams as you get towards the end of a season and you look at the way rankings flow and who's considered and who isn't along the process. So Scott Frost, as he heads off to Nebraska, had his comments and had his feelings uh, well-known as they finished their perfect season. Alabama playing Clemson as we get another round of this. You know, and I, I could go for these all the time. You know, I like we talked about last week with Cavaliers and Warriors, if they're great teams, Yay. just keep lining them up. That, keep going at it. That's my stance on this is that it's too late now. The, the conversation of did Alabama belong has long since passed, although we'll get to it as it pertains to Central Florida. But my whole thing is they're, fu- they're fun to watch. They're great. They're fundamentally sound. Uh, and they always put on a good show. They don't always win, but when they lose, uh, it's usually, I think there was some stat where they hadn't lost in like eight years by double figures, and they are showing again right now that whether they're favored or not, whether they're the one seed, whether they're the four seed, whether they're the SEC champ, this is a team that uh, you don't want to doubt. They look good so far. Alabama now up 17-6. Hurts, two touchdowns on the game, 106 year, yards in the air. At halftime, it was a tale of domination, but only a 10-3 count as Alabama missed a field goal uh, late in the half. It was a clean sheet come out the beginning of the second half off a quick turnover. Clemson gets the field goal to make a 10-6, but now uh, we're looking at uh, a 17-6 mid-third quarter score. And when we talk about Alabama, it's like when we look at the Patriots, we look at Maybe the Spurs now, what's becoming with the Warriors. Although I think people got salty on the Warriors a lot faster. Normally it doesn't turn quite so fast. Me being one of them, yes. No, but it, but it does. And I, I think part of it is the difference in the way we're consuming media as a whole, but certainly in the way the product is displayed on, on television. We always had these short 8 to 10 team rotations on you know TNT and all of that. But it seems the Warriors are in your face constantly. It says nothing of you know off-court efforts or comments or any of that other stuff. It's just with the length of seasons and, and the way with the prodigious scoring of a, of a Steph Curry or maybe a little bit of Draymond Green uh, flying around and, and getting himself ejected and, and all of that, that when you have the barrage and you bring in Kevin Durant, there's enough storylines that circle through that they're always front and center, which is why the NBA season seems like it never ends, even though we just really are starting the season, right? Christmas night is is what people always say. But I I think people get tired of it. And the same thing with Alabama. Nick Saban, oft compared to Popovich or or Belichick or those. Belichick, who you got a chance to talk to. My new best friend. Your new best friend. That goes straight to the top of the resume. Oh, right. 100%. You clipped off every Q&A, I'm sure. Oh, yeah, yeah. For people who don't know, I was filling in for the Steve Gorman Sports Show with Andy Furman, and we had Bill Belichick as a guest. It was, it was unbelievable. As I told you before the show, our producer texted us, uh, or he, he texted me, I should say, the day before and said, yeah, I think we're going to get Belichick uh, uh, at some point tomorrow. Just keep, keep, your, keep your head on a swivel on that one. I said, okay, cool, yeah, and then I'm going to prepare some questions for LeBron and Michael Jordan. I think we might do a little three-man weave there in the second hour, right? And as it turned out, we did have Bill Belichick on the show, so obviously— I all- hate that song. 
Well, <laughs> well he loves me because I got some good answers out of that guy. Andy Furman got some great answers. Andy Furman, who who knows him dating back to his Cleveland days. So that was a fun little post-Christmas surprise for me. I know it has little to do with Alabama Clemson right now, yeah. but it was still a cool thing, and it'd be like getting a, a Nick Saban tonight after the show. It was unexpected but that's, and really fun. But that's it. As talking about the, the largesse, you can find that over on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, FoxSportsRadio.com. Download it uh, and listen in its entirety or chop it up and listen for – Whatever Aaron had to say, I'm sure he he was brilliant. Oh, so you didn't listen? I've listened to it. Okay, in, in pieces, it's come through. <laughs> sure, I've not had a chance to it's sit okay. down and have a block. I, I I did take a couple of days off to you did. try to rest and and get myself ready Relax. for 2018. You look refreshed. Uh, no, I I feel good. Uh, I've got a splitting headache. I don't know what what's going on there, but the, maybe it's just that I want to see Clemson keep fighting because they've been dominated in this game. The scoreboard may not show it. It's still 17-6. Uh, but they have been taken from pillar to post, at least in the early goings of this game. But but the point being in, in bringing up Belichick is that I think there's just the fatigue of Alabama. So when they got into the playoff and it became this storyline, okay, there they are. Like the debate between them and Ohio State, it's the same thing. You're sure. s- two teams that you've seen time and again. And I think people like turnover. That's one of the things for the NFL playoffs as we get ready for the wild card round this weekend of why it's such a big deal that a team like Buffalo gets in middle of the season. looks like they were torpedoing their chances. You had the Peterman experiment for a half. You've had injuries. You've had trades. You've done everything with your roster to seemingly put yourself in a position for draft choices and not to be in the dance. And yet here you are and you back in and, and we'll get into in about 40 minutes from now, uh, all the Andy Dalton fallout because that's one of the most fun stories I think as we in the sporting world as we go into the the new year. But with Nick Saban, there's just the fatigue factor of all right. I want to see another team. Sure. I know how they play football. I can appreciate how they play football, just like I can appreciate the way the Spurs have played basketball. Now it's changed because the personnel finally turned over in the game itself changed enough to where Popovich begrudgingly had to start accepting that. He's going to need to get into a little bit of up and down and and change up a bit. But for Nick Saban, it's still tried and true. You throw the ball only when you need to, and generally you take one or two big shots a game. Otherwise, it's short and intermediate and a lot of tight ends. Yeah, for sure. And I was going to say, just as an example of what you're talking about, the new, the fresh, uh, I actually live in Pasadena, California, where the Rose Bowl was played today. I, of course, uh, would have attended, but of course was prepping to come in here with you and give America the three best hours of radio that they're going to hear. Oh, that's right. I, is it safe to say probably the best three hours they've maybe heard in 2018? Is that is that a stretch? Oh, there's no oh, question about okay, it. Okay, but I was going to say I was at the Rose Parade this morning and bouncing around Pasadena over these last couple of days, and it was staggering the number of Georgia fans that that were all around the greater Los Angeles area. And I think it's to your point, this fan base hasn't had anything on this level to be excited about. Uh, in 20, 30 years. I mean, they've won SEC titles, but they haven't played for a championship since the early 80s. And so I think that's a perfect example of what you're talking about. Uh, I don't know if it it translates nationally, but locally, there's clearly an interest in that team the way that people just in in Alabama starting to take for granted how great this program is. Same with Ohio State, same with Clemson. I really enjoyed that you used the word staggering as you're talking about uh, the number of people on this New Year's Day 
What's that? Really, really, you said it was a staggering number. Just the term staggering, because mm-hmm. that's what I'm thinking of a lot of folks coming oh, out they were of New the... Year's Eve into yeah. their New Year's no, Day. No, this is a family show. They had a family celebration last it's, night. It's funny, it's after 11 o'clock Eastern. Raise a glass. Raise a glass to freedom and to the, well, yeah, bring sexy back if you need to. Let's get it on. Kirby brought, Kirby Smart brought sexy back with that, that visor tonight. But, so anyway, You like the visor look. Good. I, I'm... Super hot take, which we can talk about throughout the show. I'm still not sold on Kirby Smart. I think he has a a transcendent team this year that he inherited from Mark Richt. I'm still not sold on him. But, yeah, so to what I was saying before, it's clear that Georgia fans uh, love this team. And it's funny because I was at the Clemson semifinal last year, and Dabo Sweeney even said that a lot of his fans were already so spoiled to the point that they were saving their money for a potential trip to the national championship game. So it's just bringing up the point that you've made which is that sometimes we get tired of it, but then Alabama comes out, has a night like tonight, and uh, we forget why they are who they are. You do have to make your choices along the way. If you get to the dance, can you uh, spring for two games or do you just go to one? Uh, We're looking at a trip to New Orleans, and right now Alabama has taken full command. It is 24-6 as we roll through a pick six, uh, getting it done uh, very quick out route. About a 25-yard return, 20-yard return uh, pretty fast. And whenever the quarterback is getting ready to make a tackle, uh, that usually doesn't end well uh, for the intercepted side of things. 24-6, your score, Alabama looking to meet up with the Bulldogs uh, in Atlanta. We'll get into more of that as we were because, well, Oklahoma and Georgia gave us a game that we will not forget. I've got a couple of bones to pick, though, with the way – College football does thing, uh, and we'll get into that, the coverage of the game and the deification of Baker Mayfield. It's the Jason Smith Show, Fox Sports Radio, coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. 15 minutes can save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit geico.com for a free rate quote. What does Mike hate about college football, even with a glorious scoring fest? Yeah, you'll get that coming up next on Fox. Welcome back in. Jason Smith Show with Michael Harmon. Mike Harmon alongside Aaron Torres. Jason will be back tomorrow to begin another long, arduous journey in great sports talk. I'm sure he's got some comments on how the jet season ended. He'll finally spoil Star Wars, I'm sure, for the 12 people that haven't seen it, including you, Aaron Torres. It's going to be ruinous for you if you listen tomorrow, because I'm sure he's got a bunch of theories. He'll come in with a bunch of poster boards. And, I'm so excited. And a pointer like he was a high school teacher once again. Isn't it just funny how every movie he sees is the next best movie? Hey, it's the greatest movie he's ever seen. Of all time. And whatever he's seen over the holiday break, because you know what I did? I gave him a movie pass <laughs> for the holiday gift, which means it's on me. It's on me when the next movie is the greatest Maybe he'll go see Pitch Perfect 3 again. Uh, I know he's already seen it at least once. He was tweeting about it uh, last week. Well, you got to complete the trilogy, don't you? No? In some cases, no. Sometimes you just say, I've, uh, I cut bait. I'm going to consider it, uh, you know, lost lost wages or but I'm looking for the economic turn, but we'll move on. Uh, whoa, 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 wait a second. I think we're burying the lead here. What's that, buddy? Jason Smith was a teacher? Is that no, what you said? No, no, I did not say that. I'm I saying that's what he said. as if he were a teacher oh, you are in high school. Is. See, now you're creating professions for him. No. Okay, I was like. No, he has always worked in the media from oh. the days that he was 
working under an assumed name at a Syracuse station, okay. stealing mailboxes and all sorts of other. You got to pay attention to the show. All I know is he. All I know about this show is he wasn't a teacher, which I thought that's what you said. And there's a lot of talk of horse meat on this show. That's all I really. Well, there's not a lot of talk about it. We we do reference it on occasion. I'm sure he will have an official count of how much horse meat he did consume over this holiday break. Uh, We'll get all those details tomorrow. But our purpose tonight is to inform and entertain you about the day that was in college football, the hirings, firings, rumor, conjecture, speculation in the National Football League. We've got some cool data points. Take that for data. Yeah, they're pretty good data points in terms of coaching and the turnover in the National Football League. Uh, We are currently watching Alabama demolish Clemson, currently 24-6 as we get late in the third quarter as they look to try to punch their ticket for a matchup against the Georgia Bulldogs. Earlier tonight, treated to a fantastic Rose Bowl right in your neck of the woods there in Pasadena. Two overtimes, and that's where I start. And it's been said before, on this show, in any form I've appeared, I hate college overtime rules. Absolutely abhor the fact that we're starting at an arbitrary point on the field and that if I do nothing for three downs except Neil, I still have a pretty decent shot at a field goal. Yeah, I'll, I'll be honest. So we were talking during the break. So my girlfriend's family was over our place uh, during the Oklahoma-Georgia game, and her parents, uh, first generation here, they don't speak great English. And so trying to explain to them the college football overtime rules was I had to go through in my head and try to like slow it down. And as I was doing it, I was saying to myself, if I didn't know college football, I would think this sounds absolutely absurd. And I think we've just gotten to a place where we just accept that this is how it is. But it really makes no sense. And I don't know why it started this way or I know it started probably about two decades ago and we just accepted that this is how it is. Makes no sense to me. And I love college football, but this is not the way that these games should be being settled. I would love to see it just go to sudden death. Let's just put it out because I hate the the implementation of what they've done in the NFL as well. You I'm do. Sorry, if you get a field goal, you still get no, no. You you lose a coin toss, you lose a coin toss. Play defense. Get Ooh. over yourselves and move on. Likewise here, Commissioner Harmon comes yeah, down with no, the hammer. Yeah, no, it's, it's well, what's the difference? You scored, right? If I can keep you from scoring then then fine but if you're telling me a field field goal's good but it's it's not good enough to end the game <laughs> it is kind of weird that's another but, one i mean it's it's ludicrous and this arbitrary point on the field and, and we roll through and and in this case we we watched in overtime and, and let's get into the game itself 54 48 the final for those that didn't see it a highly entertaining game a lot of wild swings big plays Backbreaking plays, a lot of deification of Baker Mayfield, which I don't blame him for. I blame the broadcasting. At one point, there's the shot of him talking to the defense. The defense goes out and makes a play. What do they immediately do? You know what? That was the leadership of Baker Mayfield telling his defense to go out and make a play. Well, what the hell? I was sitting in my living room saying, hey, defense, go make a play. Do I get credit? Yeah. Just because Baker Mayfield opened his mouth? He, he spoke it into existence. What is he, LeVar Ball for crying out loud? Yeah. Sorry, I had to do that while you're sitting here, Aaron. <laughs> okay. but, but it's it's that kind of thinking like over and over again. I don't need that. Might as well just put him in a two-shot 
if that's going to be it. Put him in the picture-in-picture well, picture and just walk him, watch him pace the sidelines if it's only going to be about Baker Mayfield. Anybody watching this game, by the time they finish the five-minute intro of keys to the game and a little bit of backstory for those that haven't watched the college football season, you knew who the hell Baker Mayfield was, what he was about, and over the course of the game, you're going to have plenty of times to inset highlights from earlier in the season when down and distance and situational football allowed for it, or there's a stoppage of play on the field, you know, God forbid one or more players get hurt, or there's one of the quick TV timeouts, or they're trying to set up the the ball for play for the next time. You got plenty of time to give a little bit of love and, and do that. But it became the, how do we sell Baker Mayfield? You're yeah. a college football fan and you're watching this game, you got a 54-48 game. Yeah. There's a lot more going on here than Baker Mayfield. Well, and the funny thing was, uh, Oklahoma's running game for a good per, uh, percentage of the game was the difference in the game, and they were the guys that were having the success early, got Oklahoma to that big lead. I would add that Baker Mayfield caught a touchdown pass. Yep. Yeah. Uh, some brilliant play calling early, and we'll get into it later. But, but <laughs> no, no, we can get into that right well, now. Some brilliant play calling later, and then it's like he ran out of plays. Well, yeah. Well, he ran out of plays. He's running a end around to Smallwood on third down and overtime. So let me ask you this. So Lincoln Riley, youngest coach, I believe, in F- FBS football, 34 years old. Do you think do you think the moment just got to him? Or because it was it it was so out of character to watch this offense, which was rocking and rolling all year. And part of it, we of course have to give credit to the Georgia defense. Certainly. They played better than what the stats will indicate. But to me, that was a guy that I just don't know what he was doing. This I think he just wasn't used to getting stopped like that and didn't know what to do. You can go through the uh, different plays and all that, but I just watched that game, and I'm not a guy that sits on the couch and says, that guy, that coach cost them the game. If they had run the counter sweep there, uh, you know, but to me, like, I'm not that guy, but it was so obvious that they were getting away from what made them successful. Like, it was just, it was anyone who's watched Oklahoma at all knew that that was a lot of coaching was the reason they lost tonight. Well, the squib kick... That ends up becoming a field goal. Rodrigo Blankenship, uh, everybody's hero. Those glasses will be selling like hotcakes in the school bookstore. No question about it. He eventually had the the opportunity, kicked a field goal in overtime to give the lead, and eventually Oklahoma does match. But the call on third down, it just seemed like they they got cute with their play calling, whether it was you had this many red zone plays or or whatever the, the situational discussion going on between the booth and and down on the sideline you've, you've got the the Heisman winner yes keep the ball in his hands yes. it, let him make a play yes you called the running play and that's fine because obviously as you spoke about just the ridiculous number and success of the the running attack you, you can certainly call that on on first on second fine but on third down you got a, a third and two on the 17 and you you give the ball to Jordan Smallwood who hasn't touched the ball all game and you decide to run there. I and I know you're trying to stay away from the Georgia interior defensive lineman because they've done a great job. But the 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 fact of the matter is, at that point, you get cute. You you're still playing for a win. Yeah, you're not playing for a tie. Yeah. Well, no. The, and there was two, three, four times during the late in the second half in both of the overtime. You're saying, "What are you doing?" And again. We're not going to sit here, uh, certainly I don't think you, Mike, but certainly not me, I'm going to sit here and say that I know more about football than Lincoln Riley. But it's, oh, no chance. Yeah, but it's pretty common sense 
that the option plays weren't working as as the the broadcasters kind of telestrated. It was clear they weren't in sync. Uh, uh, Baker Mayfield and the running backs. There was a couple times they ran the option to the short side of the field. Again, I'm not going to sit here and go play by play by play, but it was clear that when push came to shove and there was actual pushback from Georgia, Lincoln Riley just didn't seem comfortable in that play calling, and they just got so out of character of what they were good at all season long. Second OT, you get the field goal block, uh, and then Michelle with the 27-yard touchdown run to finish it off. 54-48, your final. Uh, Absolutely tremendous game. Uh, Pillar to post, those that paid get in yesterday on the secondary market was somewhere in the vicinity of $250. Wow. A bargain uh, at any price because you probably filled up for free uh, of the tailgates as you were on your way into the stadium. You know what? Let's get an update on the game currently underway as Alabama tries to get Nick Saban a win in the Sugar Bowl. I'm happy Uh, as hell. Yeah, exactly. Let's step out to Steve DeSager. Find out what's trending around the sporting universe. Hey, Steve. Hey there. Good evening, gentlemen. It has been a blowout for Alabama against number one ranked Clemson. Finally, the score reflects it through three quarters, 24-6, the tide leading. It was only 10-6 with about six minutes left in this third quarter. Then it was a one-yard touchdown pass to a big man, a defensive player put in there, and then a pick six a few seconds after that. So 24-6 over Clemson right now. USA Today with a good stat. The first nine drives for Clemson tonight. Six of those drives went three yards or less. Clemson, as a team, is still under 100 total yards as we start the fourth quarter. The Clemson team, different quarterback that rolled up the offense the last couple of years against Alabama. Yes, this is a different year. So if we're looking ahead to one week from now, it could be Alabama against Georgia for the national championship. Georgia won at the Rose Bowl in double overtime against Oklahoma, 54-48. Sony Michelle, the game-winning 27-yard touchdown run, and the national title game is in Atlanta in one week. And Georgia did not play Alabama this season, by the way. The Peach Bowl went to undefeated Central Florida over 7th-ranked Auburn, which has got to be loving this day, 34-27. Auburn quarterback Jared Stidham with three turnovers and he was sacked six times. Notre Dame with a late score won the Citrus Bowl against LSU 21-17. LSU had just settled for a short field goal and then the Irish with under two minutes left throw a 55-yard touchdown pass to take it. And in Tampa at the Outback Bowl, South Carolina had trailed Michigan 19-3 late in the third quarter but then scored three straight touchdowns and a field goal to beat the Wolverines 26-19. In the NBA, Toronto won in overtime against Milwaukee. DeMar DeRozan with 52 points and eight assists. And gentlemen, we're going to end with college basketball because the SWAC Conference open play tonight. Why would I bring this up? Because that's the league that consistently is fodder for the bigger schools in non-conference games. And so they wind up with horrendous win-loss records by the end of the season. (laughs) It's even worse right now as they have yet to even play their fellow conference opponents. Alabama A&M, for example, was 0-13. But beats Grambling tonight to start league play, ladies and go. gentlemen. We had a battle of 0-14 Arkansas Pine Bluff beating uh, currently 0-14 Mississippi Valley State. And, you know, Mike Davis was the Indiana Hoosiers' Final Four coach 15 years ago. He's coach at Texas Southern. They were 0-13. All 13 were road games. And, in <laughs> fact, they haven't played a home game non-conference in about four years Texas Southern home to start conference play, and they beat Southern University. There you go. Take that. Nicely done. A lot of money flowing into the coffers for all those road trips, uh, one would hope. Steve, thanks for the update. Mm -hmm.
We'll watch the fourth quarter as we see Alabama continuing to roll things up. We're coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. It's easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with Geico. Go to geico.com or call 800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. Mike Harmon alongside Aaron Torres. The Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon here on Fox Sports Radio. Find Aaron on Twitter at Aaron underscore Torres. Find me over at Swollen Dome. Uh, as Steve gave us updates, the Notre Dame catch, just have to talk about the, the Boykin catch. It was pretty funny. My daughter, trying to pick things up, mentioned a little bit earlier in the show, heading back to school. So it's get the house cleaned up a little bit, get your stuff where it belongs, piles all over the place. She pauses as they're going into the replay of the Boykin touchdown, and the announcers are going, ah, they're going to take a look and see if he stepped on the stepped out of bounds. She looks at it live and sees one replay goes, why is there a review? You know, like, really, what are they talking about here, Dad? It was funny because Andy Furman, when he and I hosted on Wednesday, when we had our, our mutual friend Bill Belichick on, um, he we t- discussed this because it was shortly after the second Patriots situation with Kelvin Benjamin, uh, touchdown overturn with the Bills. We thought at that point it might have cost him the game, might have cost him a playoff spot. But has is anyone happy with any replay in any sport? It slows down everything. It, it's, a lot of the times they don't even get the call right. Now, in this case, they obviously did. It's just it's one of those things where the more we get replay, the less that the casual fan likes it. With our college football uh, playoff focus since the Rose Bowl kicked off, perhaps the Notre Dame game went to the wayside. Why don't we hear the Boykin touchdown and, and hear how it was called live? Chris Fink gets his first throw of the day. There'll be more coming his way. Here's a downfield throw. Notre Dame gets another one. On the run. Notre Dame might take it in. Miles Boykin is in the end zone. The Irish have come back. There you go. Fantastic call. Three catches, 102 yards, and a score for Boykin on the day as Notre Dame gets the victory. But it's just kind of funny with those plays. If it's anywhere near the sideline, yeah. it becomes we really got to go Sapruder film and really zoom in. Dan Byer and I were having a good laugh on the fantasy show uh, because last week we had the Kelvin Benjamin catch, non-catch uh, discussion, and he pulled out a Brady Bunch reference okay. from many, many years ago where Greg was a team photographer, and there's a game-winning play that he misses – because he's oh, taking Greg. pictures of his girlfriend, oh, who's on Greg. the sideline as the head cheerleader. You devil you. Right, he got hurt, but now he's the photographer. But in the background of this leaping picture of his girlfriend is the player making the catch, and he's oh. got he's doing the toe tap and the whole thing. There's nobody within a hundred yards of him, so the uh. quarterback sucked. But the the fact of the matter is, you know, same kind of thing. We're we're doing the the same on any play that's anywhere near. Uh, the well, painted grass, and it's laughable to a point. I don't know. He might have been out of bounds. Like, really? There's five feet between him and the sideline. It was it was nifty footwork by Boykin. He was he was a little bit closer than that, but we saw a number of other delays for replays over the course of this college football day, and that's fine. You're in a celebratory mood. You're hanging out with your family no, and it's, friends. It's all good. It's the opposite. You're hungover. Your head hurts. You want the game to be moving. You don't want to sick. Yeah, you feel sick. You don't want to be there. Uh, watching one replay after the other, you want to keep the games moving. You want to keep your brain. I like that. You're you're trying to make the point that you're trying to focus. Yeah, so you're working extra hard to focus. So now the ah. reviews make your brain hurt. Yeah, I just think you know it's funny because there. I think there are a lot of interesting conversations to have off of replay in general. Another one that Andy Furman and I had, as you said, go to the monitor when it's so obvious, and then you look at every. 
uh, angle as if there's something you're going to learn that you didn't learn in the previous 10 angles that you watched. There, I think there's so many interesting conversations about putting a timer on it uh, where we talked about if you can't figure something out in 90 seconds that's worth overturning it, then you got to let it stand as is. I'm just saying this to say I don't know that over. T- I don't know that um, replay has really helped any sport. In a lot of cases, it's hurt it. Well, it's just been interesting, you know, as you go through these games, they've already become three to four hour affairs. Yep. And certainly as the bowl season goes on, I don't know how much you were watching some of the quote meaningless bowls. And again, people that say that, go find something else to do with your lives. Okay. There are 41 more opportunities or thereabouts to celebrate college football. Maybe you're doing some wagering. Uh, maybe, you know, for entertainment purposes only, of course. Uh, maybe you're, you've got the rivalries with your friends that went to other schools in your conference or whatever else that, or your people at work that you're battling through. Either way, it's more football, right? It's like people that say, I hate week 17 of the NFL. It doesn't matter. It's still football for 60 minutes. It may yeah. not be pretty. It may be disjointed. You may have never heard of half of the guys running around on the field. But you know what? Here's your opportunity to be educated. Well, Likewise, with all of these bowl games, you might have heard about these teams a little bit, little noise of one of their stars or their coach is an up-and-comer, whatever. The, or maybe it's a guy that you knew as a powerhouse coach years ago who's on another job who just wants to keep coaching, and so he's moved down the ladder and off oh, yeah. to the side because he still has that love. Whatever the case may be, there's a million reasons to watch these games. And you know what? There's a million other things to do if you don't want to watch them. So stop yapping. Well, I just like... You're at, you're at home. It's the week between New Year's or Christmas and New Year's. Uh, you're literally, it's like two in the afternoon. You're like, well, well I took all this time off of work. What am I going to, oh, the Zags Beast Heart of Dallas Bowl. Of course, I want to watch that one. West Virginia, Utah, I'm in. And then it's the opposite. You get home from shopping or you get home from returning or whatever. I like that there's just some random football game on a Wednesday night. Now, I, I meaningless is probably the right word, but it's entertainment. And what's wrong with entertainment? But that's just it. A lot of it's mindless anyway. Tonight, people are celebrating the return of one of those Bachelor shows. Sure. Haven't seen a minute. And that's okay. I'll move on. Life will be good. The other thing here is to be educated, not just on the football teams. You know what you do? You pull out your phone. You pull out your iPad or whatever gadget you got, a tablet, maybe your computer. And you know what you do? You look up the names of the companies that are sponsoring these bowls. You know what? Might be investing opportunities. Maybe you got a little bit of a raise. Maybe you were able to curb one of your your habits of eating out and you got an extra couple of bucks to invest. Maybe one of these companies and their growth patterns Gasparilla. is the way to do it. Gasparilla. Gasparilla was a uh, sponsor. I still don't know what it is, but I want to find out more. But see, now you're going to look it up. And in about five minutes, as we Who start to talk about Central Florida, you're going to educate America and give them an opportunity here in 2018. I, I was going to say, I think it was the Bad Boy Motors Gasparilla Bowl. I could be mistaken on that. Well, okay, well, cool. again, you're going you're gonna to look okay. it up and you're going to educate them. You have homework to do. Okay. I'm going to go do my homework. And coming up next, we will talk about Central Florida and the comments made earlier by outgoing coach Scott Frost. Yay, welcome to Nebraska. He's lit the college football world on fire. That's next, the Jason Smith Show, Fox Sports Radio. Welcome back in. Jason Smith Show with me, Michael Harmon, Fox Sports Radio, coming to you from the Geico Studios. Mike Harmon alongside Aaron Torres. Find his work at Aaron underscore Torres. He's got his podcast rolling, showing up and getting Bill Belichick interviews. He's going to stalk him now for the rest of the playoffs, all the way to Super Bowl I hate that uh, in Minnesota with a new Gore-Tex jacket that he found his way into for the Whoa. holidays. Did you just break news that the, the Patriots are go uh, locked for the Super Bowl? Yeah. Oh. 
Hot take. Who's beating them? I think the Steelers could. I don't think it's inconceivable. Inconceivable. I don't think you it's know that pop culture reference. I hope it's from some movie. I can't remember which one. Princess Bride. Oh come on! I didn't come know on, Princess Bride. No, Are you? It's kind of a big deal. I mean, if if I didn't know, it's kind of a big cultural deal. I mean, if I didn't know a Godfather reference or a. I don't want to say Star Wars because I've never seen any of them because they're for nerds mostly. Um, but the point is, uh, the, er- er- erroneous. The, the princess bride. Come on, I know you have two lovely. It's got uh, nothing to do with the kids. Daughters. I have seen come it. Come on, I don't. Have, I don't have teenage daughters yet. I you're don't know. Now you're just trying to age me. No, take me out here, Torres. What are we doing here? Uh, <laughs> you're you're killing me, Blue. The, uh, that one is old school. See, there you go. I'm a maven. Alabama. I'm a, I'm a pop culture dictionary. A maven. Did you figure out what the Gasparilla Bad Boys Motors? We want to know. It's an NCAA sanctioned postseason college football bowl game that has annually been played at Tropicana Field in St. Petersburg, Florida. The, the point was the the sponsor, Aaron. Oh. Okay. We're trying to educate people about the sponsors and possible investing opportunities. I don't think plunking money into the bowl itself is oh, okay. a money-making proposition for us. Bad boy mowers. Okay. Uh, I'm on it's bad one. boy mowers. Not, mowers. I, I heard motors. Mowers. So it's mowers. It's in lawn mowers. Yeah. Listen. Look, it's, it's the Kohler Pro 7000 for only $5,000. What a deal. That's probably like a post-Christmas deal, too. How about that? Zero percent fun. There you go. Hey, you can learn all about these sponsors. Go bowl by bowl. Have some fun. That's what we're doing. That's what Aaron... His job is for the rest of the evening. You know, college football, the playoffs as we watch the Alabama Crimson Tide working their way towards a showdown with Georgia in Atlanta next week. We we have the Central Florida Knights, a great story over the course of the year, 13-0 record, and Scott Frost getting ready to go back to his alma mater where he started at Nebraska and trying to get that program back to elite status in the Big Ten. Well, Danny White, not that Danny White, uh, the AD uh, and Scott Frost had some pointed comments uh, about the college football selection committee and how the playoff system works and points and everything else, saying that, well, flat out, the Central Florida was never given a legitimate chance to be part of this process. You know, they they said, Danny White, quote, national champs, undefeated, period. I I like it. Yeah, me too. It works. I mean, I I like the the positivity and the the excitement there. But the reality is you've got a a big question for a lot of people of, well, when do we go to eight teams? And, well, maybe that solves some things. Maybe it doesn't. But in the interim, you've got a 13-0 team that had never had a shot. And it would be simple to just modify – your charter in terms of the playoffs yes. and just say, you know, this is all fine and good. It's power five. Well, <laughs> and and everybody else, it's based on your schedule, your strength of schedule, right? Their only win over a top 25 team was Memphis. So you're not exactly playing a bunch of heavyweights in route to this perfect season. Yeah. I, it's such a convoluted, complicated conversation to have. But I, I think the broader point is maybe we need to reevaluate how we pick these teams because this is a conversation Mark Willard, who was on before us, 
He's based out of San Diego. He does a lot of San Diego State Aztecs coverage. They were in the mix early on to be potentially undefeated, and he's basically been been banging this drum since September is, why are we having these teams play quote-unquote Division I football if they have no chance at the playoff? To me, as we debated Alabama-Ohio State, I think it's clearer and clearer that maybe Central Florida should have been that fourth team. I know we got two more hours to discuss it, but there's a lot of conversation to be had off that one point. Always the question of how do you expand the playoffs? How do you interpret the wins and losses when you're not playing the necessarily the tr- traditional powerhouses along the way? Coming up next, we continue this conversation. Talk all NFL changes. Fantastic Monday night to you. Yes, Happy New Year. Woo-hoo! Recovering. Maybe you're getting back to work tomorrow. Maybe you were able to corral an extra day off. Maybe you've already called in with a sickness that you procured over the last 72 hours, just saying, sick. you know what, it's 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 not hungover. I, I've got something, and maybe you've got uh, a shill of a doctor that's really w- willing to, to help you out so you can recover from the college football semis. I mean, maybe there's a lot to it. Maybe you just need another day to clean up your holiday cheer. I'm not sure. Whatever it is, we appreciate you taking a few time, minutes with us here. On Fox Sports Radio, as we come to you from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios, the Jason Smith Show with me, Mike Harmon. I'm Mike Harmon. He is Aaron Torres in for Jason Smith. Smith will be back tomorrow as we embark on another long adventure, and it's it's a holiday because Aaron Torres is with me. We celebrate all holidays together. I should have brought you a gift today. Yeah, well, first of all, it's not too late. I'm sure I'll be back either for Valentine's Day, St. Patrick's Day, Whatever basically Jason Smith wants to spend with his family. Memorial Day. I don't I don't know what his plans Why'd are. Why'd you have to go dark? What do you mean? What does that mean? You went down to Memorial Day? No. I mean, come on. Martin Luther King Day. What days does he want off? I don't know. He takes off all the big holidays. So I guess no. I, holidays. Holidays. I, I guess MLK Day would be the next one. So there's still plenty so of time. So two weeks from now, I may see you again. Yeah. You never can tell. There's still time to get me that gift. Uh it's New Year, new, same me. You know, I'm glad I'll gladly accept everything. Big day in college football. Yeah. Big day in the National Football League coming off of the Week 17 uh, finales. We'll get into the Air Andy Dalton story about 25 minutes from now. Some great work being done. Just like last week, fantasy owners were giving to the charities, uh, favorite charities of their winning squads, a couple of bucks that maybe they won off of their friends and, and coworkers in their fantasy leagues. Likewise, people celebrating Andy Dalton. We'll get into that. About 25 minutes from now. But the college football playoffs are live and in living color. Earlier we watched the Georgia Bulldogs take down Oklahoma 54-48. We'll get into Baker Mayfield finishing off his collegiate run and an emotional Baker Mayfield after the loss in double overtime. Again, my hatred of overtime has already been expressed on the show. You can find the podcast as we finish things off here tonight uh, on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, FoxSportsRadio.com, but currently watching the Alabama Crimson Tide surgically take apart the Clemson Tigers 24-6 late fourth quarter as the Alabama team, Nick Saban, just got bowled over on the sideline, seemed fairly entertained by it. Was, Why? Because everything going his way. Yeah, I was going to say, this game is basically, I, I, I don't know how much the audience would remember this, but 2011, remember that was the year that, Alabama lost to LSU during the regular season, and 
re, there was a replay in the national championship game, and everybody said, "Oh, they, Alabama can't go. They don't deserve to be there." Alabama goes to New Orleans, cited tonight's game, and absolutely put it on LSU. Same thing happening tonight. I would ask you, Michael Harmon, it's going to be a third year in a row. Bama makes the title game every single year. They're in the mix. I'm just curious for your thought. Is it good for college football that Bama won this game? Because now we're going to have so many talks about the SEC, it being an all-SEC final, about Bama being back again. Again, is this dominance good for the sport, you think? Well, I think to some degree we have the the hatred of the SEC is real and live and living color. We certainly see that with every win and every loss in this bowl season, people taking to social media, taking to their pulpits, whether it be in a radio studio or on television, to go against the SEC, or conversely, if you work anywhere in those states or for the SEC, you're propping up every win as if you've just taken down King Kong on Skull Island. Mm-hmm. One of the movies I watched while traveling this holiday, holiday, holiday season. Yeah, you can skip it. I, I know that's not your forte, uh, Aaron, and, and that's one that I, th- I think you can miss. There's some flaws uh, that I'll, I'll debate on a podcast uh, to be named later. But when we get the SEC and, and especially Alabama specifically, we, we love to hate. There, there's a hate-watching element, whether it's Nick Saban, you're tired of him, and, and maybe you don't like his responses at press conferences. Maybe you're just tired of the same team winning. So you'll watch, one, because it's a title game, but two, because you'll cheer and hate-watch against them. Likewise, people do it in the NBA, be it the Warriors, be it the Cavaliers. Nowadays, you're torn because you see that again, and you probably have equal number hate-watching LeBron. Maybe people that have pictures of Michael Jordan all over their house. Or on the other side, you've got the Warriors where you just don't like the concept of the super teams. Maybe something irked you about Steph Curry or Kevin Durant or his faux Twitter account. I don't know. Whatever the case may be, uh, it it might get you salty. And here, the SEC and, and what's raging in social media right now as we speak and we watch this game come towards its conclusion is the the old while the SEC has the two teams in the title game they're the best conference so now oh, the old yeah. best conference even if the worst of your worst teams is far worse than some of the other conferences is it fine to be top heavy because then yeah. the argument starts going through it's like well they're battle tested because all these teams are good they don't get on the winning side of things yeah, but they're good cuz the last week it's been a lot of crowing for people about the the Big Ten. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't know that anybody is saying like Alabama or, or Georgia's battle tested, but I do agree. I just think there's been fun conversations that have come out of this bowl season as far as the Big Ten being the best conference. Does that mean be, uh, the Big Ten being the best conference because of their bowl record? Does that mean they deserved a, a spot in this playoff? Alabama and Georgia winning, does that prove that Alabama uh, should be here? I, I just, it, it's been, and you know I love college football. I know you do too. I just think there's been fun conversations and talking points that have come out of this game. No, and that's the beauty of it, right? Because what, what happens as we get into the bowl season? Alabama gets named. Everybody cries about it. There's 800-word columns. You get a couple of TV hits. And then it kind of goes dark. Yep. It goes dark for a couple of weeks because nothing's happening unless there's an injury in a practice or someone gets caught, you know, late night doing something stupid. There's really not a lot that flows out of the game. And then we start getting into the the early bowl games. And before you know it, it's the holidays. So everybody's distracted with a million other things. And then you turn on the TV. It's like, oh, yeah, those games are today. And, and you know, the Rose Bowl, growing up, Keith Jackson calling it. And you always had – Big Ten, Pac-10, and and it's still, all these years later, still foreign to me to 
see, you know, oh, yeah. Oklahoma coming in or while, Georgia playing here. While and, USC and Ohio State play at the Cotton Bowl. No, way. exactly. So you have all of those kind of things that happen, and it's certainly the changing landscape and the financial inducements and the contracts and, and the way this game has grown. But you get into, once it's for, in the foreground again, you get to start having these debates, not only about recent history and losses, wins, who got in, who didn't, and what events conspired to get a team into the playoff, right? That was the big Ohio State thing. Well, this is how this happened. And then Alabama gets in, and people, as soon as they start punching Clemson in the mouth, remember Deshaun Watson, if I'm not mistaken, was hanging out with Tim Tebow on the sideline and is not eligible to play in this game. Uh, I'm so, so excited. Yeah, exactly. Thanks, Tim. Uh, we got to see him a couple of times on the TVs and the monitors here uh, in the Geico Fox Sports I'm Radio very, very Studios. Excited about and there he is. He's excited that we're talking about him. But the, the, the fact is that you get to have those debates again. And Central Florida beating Auburn earlier today helps to expand that, right? You, you get to start a, another little fire next yep. to it, another little argument in the social well, media sphere. By the way, Central Florida beating Auburn, who we all know who Auburn beat, right? Georgia and Alabama, the two teams that are going to play well, for the national championship. So, uh, yeah, I, I think that all the conversations are fun. Uh, I tend to think, by the way, that most everything that has happened so far was the right decision. I don't think that anyone from the Big Ten could have beaten two of the three teams needed to win the national championship. I don't think they could have beaten uh, a Clemson and then a winner of an Oklahoma-Georgia, so I think they got that right. Uh, I think the Central Florida thing is interesting. You wonder how excited Auburn was to play them today and how much that played a factor in Central Florida winning, not to take anything away from it. In general, though, I enjoyed it. It's also why college football is so fun because it's just one never-ending debate. And once you kind of sort of settle one, another one pops up. It is why we love this sport so much. Well, one of the points you made there, it's like for all the folks that say they couldn't get up for this, they can beat it. Right, couldn't get Between, up for what? They couldn't get up for this game. Auburn couldn't get up for Central Florida. Oh, I agree. Right, you, you did lose four times. This was your oh. fourth loss. This was this wasn't the, the first one. You didn't get relegated to a game against Central Florida, and you were the last left out of some big party because you were a one-loss team. You already lost three times. So, saying I can't get up for it uh, a month later because of some loss that happened in the past. You weren't playing for a title anymore. You're not playing for a division, you're not playing for a conference, you're playing for the bowl game. And just like everybody else going out for the 41 games, you're supposed to, you should. I would like to think your senior players and your coaches should be able to motivate you for an effort. And here we, we saw Central Florida, it controlled that game. They did. They, they controlled Absolutely. that game. It ends up be, being a seven-point margin of victory. But to Scott Frost's point of, you know, we handled our business and so that discussion takes on more shape because we're always arguing about the format sure. of the playoff system. Should it go to six teams with the first two teams having a bye like yeah. we do in the That's conferences right. in the NFL? Should we go to eight teams? Where, where does it end? And obviously the money people will eventually decide that for all of us. And, you know, the specter of what collegiate athletics is, was, intention to where it is now. We can always debate where the uh, the shades of gray are, as it were. But for the 48 hours and then leading to the title game, at least we've got some of these conversations in college football, oh, yeah. even on a day where we've had a number of coaching firings, and we'll get into that in about five minutes from now, that 
the NFL spins and we're heading towards the playoffs. College football takes front and center. Oh, yeah. No, and today was great. And today was further proof of why people who love college football love it so much and why those who even don't can get excited for the big games. The other kind of funny, interesting kind of conversation that we've had coming out of bowl games is I always hear, oh, none of these bowl games matter. They're all exhibitions, which is 100% true. I'm not going to argue that. But it is funny to me, the good teams that actually people want to watch, those games have been entertaining. So the Fiesta Bowl with Washington and uh, Penn State was fun. Miami and Wisconsin, the stadiums are filled. We're getting a good product. And people saying, oh, you know, well, nobody cares about these games. Well, that's what happens when you put a 7-5 and five team against a 6-6 six and six team. They were bad all year, so you get a bad product on the field. People don't want to go. People don't want to watch on TV. Uh, do we have too many bowl games? That's another conversation that we've had already. The broader point is when the good teams have played, in general, they've put on a good product for us. Well, and you take uh, from each game what you will, sure. right? In Northwestern played Kentucky. Was it a well-played game? In a lot of spots, no. You had a, a bogus ejection. Yep. You had... Uh, which was still one of the more asinine things I've seen in in my memory of any level of football watching, uh, that you also had both quarterbacks get hurt. The Northwestern quarterback goes down on a trick play. So there, it's freak injury, but it's still all, all of that adds up to, it ends up being a one-point game. Oh, yeah. Right? So oh, yeah. in the final minutes, it's still, if you're near a phone and you see that it's a one-possession game, if you're inclined at all to like college football, you're turning it well, on. And I was going to say, there's been a lot of games, and I think that's really how it is during bowl season because a team gets up, they they get comfortable. As we've said, there's not that urgency of this game means our season like in the regular season. And I go through bowl season this year. TCU was way down to Stanford, came back and won that game. Uh, Penn State seemingly was going to run past Cruise, Washington. Sure. Yep. And that became a tight game. So there's all uh, look at Oklahoma Georgia today. It was it 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 was a two touchdown game and half. It should have been more if uh, our boy Lincoln Riley didn't decide to basically pooch a kick to to end the first half. And Georgia comes back and wins. So I think uh, personally, I've had I've been entertained during bowl season. Today were the only two games that quote unquote mattered, but I've enjoyed it. But even the other games that that you played early on in the day, right? We forget about the full schedule. Even the 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 appetizers, if you will, to to take the foodology because everybody ate way too much uh, over the last two weeks, I'm sure. Uh, but you you look at the the Notre Dame game. We talked about it a little bit earlier in the show. Michigan with a 16 point lead ends up losing yep. to South Carolina, the first loss for the Big Ten. Uh, but you're entertained, right? All along, there there's storylines that resonate not just with the alumni base because the Jim Harbaugh. We'll get into that here in a, in a couple minutes, but it, it does have other other lives and, and takes on another sort, especially when you're filling three and a half hours of talk time during a game. There, there's going to be a lot of segues into other games and big time head coaches and big time players. So you, you get that snowball effect of people getting excited about the different storylines for games that you may have missed along the way. College football bowl season rolls on. Alabama 24-6. Two minutes remaining until they punch their ticket to Atlanta to meet the Bulldogs. But coming up next, as we come to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios, 15 minutes can save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit geico.com for a free rate quote. Aaron Torres and I will talk about the wild coaching carousel and Jim Harbaugh 
as the Wolverines go down earlier today, that fake Twitter got people again, but it gets the tongues wagging about what is Jim Harbaugh? That's next. So we say here in the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios, you will hear the roll damn tide. I'm uh, happy as hell. And Nick Saban, happy as could be as the Alabama Crimson Tide, 24-6 winners over Clemson in dominating fashion. There's no way, other way to describe it, Aaron Torres. Uh, Jason Smith Show, Fox Sports Radio, Mike Harmon, Aaron Torres with you this evening. Defense, the story of the day for Alabama. They just controlled the line of scrimmage and just finished this thing off in grand fashion. I was going to say Nick Saban, the story here. I mean, this guy, we doubt him, we question him, we wonder, uh, well, this year they're down, they're injury plagued. You give this guy a month, he's pretty much untouchable. Uh, Third straight national championship game, whether you like Alabama or not, in the modern era of college football, that's just incredible. Well, you have to celebrate the the greatness as yes. much as you may dislike it. And when it comes to collegiate sports, I know people always get nervous whenever you have sustained success that, you know, what what are they doing differently? It's like when we look at Belichick and the Patriots, your friend Bill Belichick my, that you I'm, spoke to earlier best friend, yeah. uh, last week. Uh, you can find that podcast, Andy Furman and, and Aaron Torres on the Steve Gorman Show. With Bill Belichick, find that over on iTunes, but the and and like it and give it five stars and give them a lot of love and a lot of run because it was a fun interview. But the idea being, okay, what else is there? What's the other shoe to drop? It's besides the culture that you've put together, and people just have this: we like something until we don't. Oh yeah, in pop culture, all the time. This is the greatest new show. They get to season two. Ah, I didn't like the way. This character worked out, so I'm done. Well, I've moved on to something else. And I was going to say, that's kind of, and we talked about it earlier, and it's a little bit of a cross-sport reference here, but the Golden State Warriors, they were everybody's darling for a while, and then you start to realize, wait a second, they won without any real challenge. You know, they, they, it, it happened too fast. Then they lose in the finals. They get the best player, and the, the second best player in the league to join them. And so, yeah, so that's a perfect example, and there are many others throughout sports, but... uh to me, I, I love college football, but what you said I think is so important. I respect greatness. I don't think we'll ever see anybody do anything like what Nick Saban has done over the last seven or eight years at Alabama. So I'm just going to enjoy it while I have it, just like Bill Belichick, just like LeBron, just like all the greats that we have in the midst right now. And for all the injuries and all the concerns for Alabama, remember they only lost one game. On the road, by the way, to their biggest rival who was a top-10 team. It's not. It, it's not like – they they lost the way that Ohio State lost by 35 to Iowa. It's not like they lost uh, to – Clemson's a perfect example. They lost to a, a barely 500 Syracuse team. I mean, Alabama's lost – That loss should have counted twice, by the way. It was that bad? You lost to Syracuse. They were not good. They were a bad It was at team. the Carrier Dome, It though. doesn't matter. You don't just walk into the Carrier Dome against Dino yeah, Babers. Yeah, and, oh, actually, you kind of do. do. Yeah, most people yeah, do. You're you, right. You kind of do. Good call. I take you kind of have for a long time. So that loss should have counted more. Yeah. When we get into all the math about and, well, and, and what counts and what doesn't, when you lose, like all of those factors that, that come in. But for Nick Saban and for Alabama, now the date set with Georgia, and this was just excel, excellence of execution. I think to borrow from our WWE world, you look at total yards kept Clemson under 200. Only had 261 of their own, so not exactly uh, lighting it uh, on fire, but more than doubled up in the rushing yardage. Looking at 
3.4 yards per carry, and that's just grinding it out. And towards the fourth quarter, that's all it was, taking the air out of the football and finishing this thing off. And Clemson had their opportunities to score late, still get snuffed out by the Alabama defense. Yeah, what's incredible is is that um, obviously, look, we get that that Alabama is always good defensively, but Clemson was a team that was able to put up points against good defenses. I mean, they put up 38 points against Miami in that uh, ACC title game. They put up 34 points against that Will Muschamp defense that is always so well coached at South Carolina. So to me, that's what's what 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 is so impressive about this win. We knew Alabama was going to play great defense. They did. Uh, but the, the their ability to put up points against Clemson, I'm just I'm just I, I have to say I'm very surprised by this result. Not that they won, but the way in which they did it in convincing fashion. The old rule of thumb: give one of these top notch coaches a month to prepare, uh, and they they figure it out again. Deshaun Watson not having eligibility that hurts, uh, right? It, it does work to your advantage uh, trying to replace a, a player of that caliber. Kelly Bryant for Clemson. Uh, 18 of 36, 124, and two picks, including the pick six uh, in the second half. That really proved to be the the dagger uh, as this game got away and Alabama finished. Because first half, 10-3. Oh, yeah. But tail of the tape was a lot different if you went inside the box score, inside the game flow, missed field goal at the end of the first half. It looked like eventually the dam was going to break. Now, it only got to 24-6 final. Could have been more. Probably based on game flow, you would have expected a little bit more of a barrel. But you know what? You'll take the 18-point win uh, and a date in the national title game. Now, one of the other games of the day uh, you mentioned a little bit earlier, uh, South Carolina and, and their their battle. Well, they, they beat Michigan 29, or 26-19 is your final. Michigan with a big lead that they squandered. Three turnovers in their final four possessions, a, a lot of... Finger pointing, a lot of anger. Jim Harbaugh not able to to finish the season in grand style and keep the Big Ten undefeated because that's what everybody was looking for. I think at the end to just finish it off. You had the the Big Penn State win, Northwestern with the win over Kentucky, Ohio State dominating USC, so they kept raising their hand, Wisconsin. saying, "Hey, where's my where's my love?" Wisconsin openly mocking the turnover yes. chain. Uh, Paul Christ having fun with that. So, I mean, we certainly saw the Big Ten represent well, and, and it looked for a time here that Michigan would as well. And offensively, it was a struggle for much of the season here. Looked like it was going to be just enough. But they, they give up the lead and they lose. And immediately you have the fake Twitter account, uh, Adarn Schefter, that gets everybody uh, reporting that Harbaugh had agreed in principle to go coach the Colts. He says in his post game, no, I'm staying at Michigan. But there's a lot of people trying to figure out exactly what Jim Harbaugh is in this iteration of his collegiate coaching career. And I say, well, the recruits are just now coming of age. You have the next class. And in theory, you find that quarterback that pushes the offense to match what you've had on the defensive side of the ball. Well, and that's the fu- the 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 problem with Jim Harbaugh is that he is somewhat a victim of overachieving. I mean, people forget he took over a five-win program and immediately got them to 10 wins his second in his first year, excuse me. 
His second year, I would add, as I argued with people on Twitter at Aaron underscore Torres. You like to argue with people on Twitter. I, sometimes, I find it entertaining. Sometimes, yeah. No, I mean, I, I, I don't. I wouldn't even call it arguing because I'm always right. So I don't really. I don't know How if about it, that. I don't know if it counts as arguing at Aaron underscore. He Torres. just dislocated his shoulder. I did from patting myself on yeah, the back. Yeah, that, that looked like it hurt. It did. It did. I, I play through it's the broke. pain though. I'm a football guy. So, but no. The the point I was gonna make was is that. They were basically a foot away from beating Ohio State last year. If you remember the JT Barrett run that led to a first down that ended up winning that game. So if they win that game, Michigan very likely goes to the playoff and Jim Harbaugh is the conquering hero. Instead, they lose in overtime to Ohio State. And oh, by the way, Mike Harmon, they lost 18 starters off of last year's team. So are there places that they need to improve? Of course. But you win 10 games in your first two seasons This year, you, of course, you are going to take a step back. You lost 18 starters, the most NFL draft picks last year. And, oh, by the way, as we've learned this bowl season, you play in the toughest conference in college football, the toughest division in college football. Like, miracles don't happen overnight. And so, to me, the point you made is so spot on. You need to find a quarterback. Next year is the big year because you basically return everybody after breaking in a bunch of new starters this year. But this this Jim Harbaugh anger. I just don't get it. Are guys not allowed to have a bad season or a couple bad games? I think part of it is the personality that Jim Harbaugh has rubbed people the wrong way, either at the collegiate level or during his tenure with the 49ers to where there's the poison pens come out as soon as there's hint of struggle or angst around the program and certainly some of the recruiting um, I don't know what to call it Antics? Antics, I think, is the nice way. I was going to say shenanigans, but that has a bad connotation. But the idea that you're not going the tried-and-true method, that you're getting creative in the recruiting process, sleepovers, going to Italy, all all of those kind of things that I think just people, college football is still just very much in the box of here's how you do things. So Jim Harbaugh, with with his khaki pants, has people a little bit upset in terms of the way he does business. Let's continue this conversation. But first, let's get an update on the sporting world here on this New Year's Day from our good friend Steve DeSager. Steve? Good evening, gentlemen. Boy, it was a great defensive performance by Alabama. Hardly the first time we have said that. But according to USA Today, Clemson in the past decade had only once been held without a touchdown in the game. You can make it twice now because Bama's final was 24-6. to Just a couple of Clemson field goals they're only scoring. Now, it was 10-6, to even though Bama was dominating into the third quarter. And then Alabama got back-to-back touchdowns, offense and defense, and 24-6 is the final. So Alabama's in the national title game for the sixth time in nine years. The opponent will be Georgia in Atlanta a week from tonight for the National Crown. Georgia did not play Alabama this season in the SEC. In fact, since 2008, they've only met twice. Georgia won the Rose Bowl in double overtime against Oklahoma, 54-48. It was the highest-scoring Rose Bowl ever and its first overtime game. Remember last year, USC won a 52-49 decision over Penn State. Sony Michelle, one of the stars today for Georgia, he had the game-winning 27-yard touchdown run. On only 11 carries, he finished with 181 yards and three touchdowns. And teammate Nick Chubb on 14 carries, 145 yards and two scores. 
Georgia had blocked a field goal attempt on Oklahoma's possession in the second OT. Georgia advances. Now so does Alabama. By the way, Clemson was 12-1 coming in tonight. Clemson's only loss this season, as you mentioned, was at Syracuse. That was on a Friday night in mid-October. They lost 27-24 on a fourth-quarter field goal. Syracuse lost all five games after that. The Peach Bowl went to Central Florida. 13-0 finish to the season. 34-27 the final against 7th-ranked Auburn. Auburn quarterback Jared Stidham with three turnovers. He was sacked six times. In Orlando, Notre Dame on a 55-yard touchdown pass with under two minutes left. Beat LSU to win the Citrus Bowl 21-17. LSU had just settled for a short field goal before Notre Dame's late score. And in Tampa... Michigan led 19-3 late in the third quarter and still lost the Outback Bowl to South Carolina 26-19. The Gamecocks with three straight touchdowns and a field goal to close it out. In the NBA at Toronto, DeMar DeRozan, 52 points in an overtime win against Milwaukee. NHL outdoors at the New York Mets Stadium, attendance 42,000 for an overtime win. Rangers beat Buffalo. 3-2, and Michigan State is the new number one in the AP College basketball poll. Then it's Duke, Villanova, and Arizona State. Back to you. Thank you, Steve. That's a lot of information, a lot of go- lot going on here in the sporting world as we get the new year underway. The NBA games, obviously these college football games are front and center. Uh, a few earlier today that made some noise. We're talking about Jim Harbaugh as we come to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. It's easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with Geico. Go to geico.com or call 800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. The Jason Smith Show with Mike Arman. I'm Mike Arman. He's Aaron Torres in for Jason. Having this Jim Harbaugh conversation because the coaching carousel started to spin in the, the NFL as games finished yesterday, week 17 of the National Football League. Those fantasy owners were mad because they had well, no reason to play week 17, or if they did, perhaps their favorite uh, player and their star player had one or two carries and then sat down, did the Queens wave and moved on. So they're still bitter about that. But when we look at Jim Harbaugh, he wanted to go. I'm sure any number oh, of these yeah. coaching uh, vacancies would be filled very quickly by him just picking well, up a phone if he wanted to. Really quick, that was a lot of the pushback, not even pushback, but commentary I got when I when when we were talking about people saying that Jim Harbaugh is underachieving at Michigan, there were a lot of college football fans and there were a lot of NFL fans saying, I wish he would come coach my team today. Yeah, coming to underachieve for me is really what oh, it comes down to. Enough with the underachieving. He's not an underachiever. No, but but in terms know, of that, that oh, narrative okay, that gets pushed, and, and certainly when it comes to big games and, and finishing the job, that hasn't necessarily occurred, right? You've had a Super Bowl appearance, didn't finish. Not his fault, obviously. Uh, a big play made uh, by Richard Sherman is is all the difference in that that tale. But you, you go through, and, and I think detractors would say, well, you're not beating Michigan State. You're not beating Ohio State. That's part of the resume that you still have a, a blemish. Sure. Right? The overall record, the overall direction of programs that he's worked at has always been positive and forward-moving. But there's only so long you get before you have to win one of these games. Yeah. And for a lot of programs, you have that one on your calendar that is marked. We have to win this game. Yeah. He's not beating Ohio State. Not yet. I mean, he will. Well, but that's the question. I How know. long do you get to play the he will. Yeah, I know. And no, it I know. will happen before, and, and certainly Michigan State, right? Coming off a, a down year, mm-hmm. rise back up, and, and you're struggling against them year after year. So yeah. it, that, that certainly doesn't play well 
one for the recruiting game people are always nervous that you lost that one guy that could break through to one of these other schools but it's more just the you want to be you know chest puffed out walking around and if you're in the state of michigan and you're losing to the spartans with regularity that's that's going to stick in a lot of craws uh come these holiday seasons when you know, you're going to the dining table and there's there's a picture of Sparty sitting on your plate. Yeah, well, I was going to say that was actually uh, – this this Jim Harbaugh thing, obviously, uh, it elicited a lot of commentary because that was another thing I got was from Michigan State fans. Oh, you guys in media, you love Harbaugh. No, I think he's a really good coach who had a down year when you lose 18 starters off of a team that could have played for the college football playoff last year. But – uh, yeah, you you bring up good points, Mike. You bring up good points. But to finish to finish the thought, and this goes into the whole coaching world. I know it was a big discussion point. Mark Willard and, and Rob Parker in for JT the Brick and Tom Looney a little bit earlier in terms of hiring and firing of coaching. Mm-hmm. And the one thing I, I'm you're always looking for change and and positive moving programs, be it college, be it pros. Hell, depending on where you live and you're doing local radio and, and following local news, you're looking at the high schools as to whether your team is competing in, in your region and in your league, right? Chicago Catholic League, I still read all these years later, you know, basketball programs that college housed by St. Ignatius Wolfpack. How are they? Going, They're good? So, had a good football season, okay. basketball season, uh, just underway and, and starting to roll. But, good. you know, trying to hone back in on that. i got to get home for a game. It's been too long. But the, the the fact is that you're still paying attention. But if you're in that, doing a local show, you're certainly dialed in. When we, we look at the, the coaching, hirings, and firings, it's always the question of who can we get to come in. Yes. And when you look at a Jim Harbaugh, it becomes who's better than him that's going to be available. Is there some coordinator that you're you've decided you have your eye on? It's like these changes that we have in the National Football League that we'll talk about in about twenty minutes, which is your best job of them, and and we'll debate the merits of each. But the 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 fact is, if you're going to jettison a coach, what is out there that's better that you've got your eye on that is better than the coach you have? Did it was it just a down year? You know, because right now the speculation is. That John Gruden, according to Adam Schefter on TV with Scott Van Pelt, said, "Hey, he's going to be the next head coach of the Oakland Raiders." Okay, you you bounce Jack Del Rio. Should you have? Is or is this? I just have the guy that's that much sexier yep. as I start moving towards Las Vegas and the push because Derek Carr was surgically yeah. rebuilt, right? I mean, the last we heard from him last year, he was broke. So you had that Michael Crabtree. They're going to bounce him. There's a lot evidently behind the scenes that's. May or may not surface, but not only was he not catching passes or fighting Aqib Dalib over uh, chain snatching, but you have some issues there. Amari Cooper had two good games all year. He was hurt, but he disappeared often and dropped a lot of big possession extending plays or a couple of times in the end zone. Your running game sputtered at times. Your offensive line that you paid a lot of money for couldn't stay healthy and couldn't do their job. At points, and the impact players defensively didn't have all of these things could fire. Did it make Jack Del Rio a worse coach? Did you get lucky last year? We can make a, a bunch of arguments, but as you go to replace a coach, yep. it becomes the who is out there that you want that can make what you've put together and whatever you've got in the draft, whatever you've got in the coffers to go into free agency and, and tinker with, 
Can you make that big move by bringing this coach in? And oftentimes you can't. Well, oftentimes it's just change for change sake. Exactly. And I wonder if in Michigan where people that are already getting, you know, their their pitchforks and and, and torches out for Jim Harbaugh, if, if they want to stop and look. Because I saw this stat today, Aaron, so many times. He's only two games better than what Brady Hoke was in his first three but, seasons. But Brady <laughs> Hoke also won 11 games his first year, and it was all downhill from there. But the, I, I think it's, it's multi-layered is – one, we have to look at context. I've already, you and I have both kind of laid out why things took a dip this year. But the other thing is, is what you said, is who can you get better? The answer is nobody. There aren't many guys better than Jim Harbaugh. Oh, by the way, on the inverse, this is another thing I always like to look at. If you get rid of this guy, is he someone who's going to be in demand? And as you and I just discussed, he would be off the market in about 15 seconds would have a, a the choice of multiple NFL gigs. The ironic part about Harbaugh is I don't even think it's his own fan base that is really mad at him as much as it is the other fan bases that, as you said, are tired of all the attention that he gets despite the big wins. The point, the only point that you and I are both trying to make, guy's good, man. And like you said, there's not a lot of alternatives for Michigan. I don't think there's a single one available that would be better than him. And you just got to take it down here as it comes. Coming up in 15 minutes, we'll take a spin in the coaching carousel, those jobs that have come open, and we'll hear from Bruce Arians as he says goodbye to his team. But coming up next, you want to get on the good side of fans? Well, find their way into the playoffs for the first time in two decades, and they will fill your charity's coffers. We get into that story next. The Jason Smith Show, Fox Sports Radio. Want to thank you for taking a few minutes with us here. Fox Sports Radio from the Geico Studios, the Jason Smith Show with Mike Garman. I'm Mike Harmon. He's Aaron Torres in for Jason Smith. Jason will be back tomorrow finishing off the holiday, holiday, holiday merriment. He sounds sexy. Uh, who, Jason or me? Oh, me. Yeah, you, no, the, the big voice coming over the top with you. We want to thank you for taking a few minutes with us. Hopefully you had a blessed holiday. Have your New Year's resolutions in order. Hopefully you haven't broken any of them yet. But if you haven't, that's fine. It's broke. Get back on that horse and... Keep riding forward. Horse meat sandwich out No, there. I didn't say well, if you get if you need to, you can turn the horse into into horse meat sandwiches. We all have times in our lives where we need to re- dig a little deeper. I guess you can go down that road. But my hope is that it's a, a valiant effort and a and a trusty steed to take you into greatness as you roll forward. Uh just like Andy Dalton. What? Andy Dalton, the Cincinnati Bengals have been lifted by the fans of the Buffalo Bills. You got to love this. The 49 yard touchdown that Dalton threw to Tyler Board, Boyd in a fourth and 12 situation, sealed the win that took the Ravens out of the playoffs and put Buffalo in for the first time uh, in forever and a day, all the way back to 1999. So we can scratch them off the list of longest without a playoff run. Well, the fans in Buffalo got fired up, and I love the video from the Bills locker room showing guys celebrating. And and again, it goes to the old adage of you have a certain number of players who realize this is their path and they're not as passionate about the game and and, and whatever. This is to show you that there's a lot of guys that care yep. about all this. And, and granted, it's an extra game check going into the playoffs uh, as, as you go forward. But the, the fact is that you're looking at the passion and the excitement of breaking this. And it was a trying season, right? You trade away wide receivers. You make all these moves 
to your roster that seemingly had us all scratching our heads. Nathan Peterman. You could yeah, say Nathan well, Peterman. you could say Nathan Peterman, the five-interception game, but you had that. You had all sorts of other roster moves along the way. But the Buffalo fans decided to rally and celebrate Andy Dalton by giving $17 increments to his charity, thanking him for the playoff berth. And as of showtime tonight, they were over $37,000 in donation to his foundation. Yeah, it's uh, it's pretty incredible because Andy Dalton, who has gotten so much flack in Cincinnati for what he uh, has been unable to do in the playoffs, make the case one of the biggest throws of his career uh, the other day against uh, against Baltimore. It was an incredible thing to watch. It was incredible to see it in real time as the Bills close out that victory. And you know, and I and I'm not a Bills fan. I can't speak for you, Mike. I'm guessing you're not either, uh, since you're because of your Chicago roots. But we were all Bills fans yesterday, right? I mean, 1999 is a long time to have gone without a playoff appearance. So if you're not from Baltimore, if you're not a Ravens fan, it was hard to be rooting against the Ravens, or it was hard to be rooting against the Bills. And so to see that fourth down, you think, oh my God, the Bills, here we go again. Dalton not only completes the pass to get the first down, it goes for a touchdown. It was surreal. And the fans, of course, have thanked him nonstop today because of it. It was fun seeing some of the celebrities that are big Bills fans, Nick Bakai, uh, Sabrina the Teenage Witch, and working over on uh, Craig uh, Kevin James' work o- over at uh, King of Queens and, and his latest effort. Uh, he, he and I have known each other. He plays a lot of fantasy football, and we've done segments and shows together. Uh, seeing him ex- excited. I am a little bit bummed that you don't have all the screen time for Chris Berman. Given Why? his love of the Buffalo, because he would be having so much fun with this right oh, now. You're saying but since he he's on not TV. on air, and and right now he's hanging out probably on a golf course uh, somewhere, uh, hitting them long and straight. Uh, one would hope, but no doubt, uh, Jason will have more than a few Chris Berman uh, impressions coming up. Back, 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 back. It, oh! There you go, Berman. Gotta love it. But the Andy and Jordan Dalton Foundation over thirty-seven thousand dollars coming up next. Marvin Lewis still has a job. Happy New Year, final hour of the show. The Jason Smith Show with Michael Harmon here on Fox Sports Radio. Coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. 15 minutes can save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit geico.com for a free rate quote. Mike Harmon alongside Aaron Torres. Find him on Twitter at Aaron underscore Torres. Find me over at Swollen Dome. Right now we're periscoping this so you can see how pretty we look as we rock in the new year. He sounds sexy. Yes, I am. Yes, I am. You can get the visual to go through it. Uh, Aaron Torres as well, a man of might and power, entering 2018, ready to dominate. It's a holiday as we finish off this night. We got a couple of great college football games. We saw some NBA, a little bit of college basketball, a little bit of everything swirling and hirings and firings in the National Football League. The rumor, conjecture, speculation has begun once again. Yeah, it's pretty cool that uh, – I, I don't know if it's cool. I just think it was fun how it worked out. The NFL regular season ends uh, New Year's Eve, so we get, obviously, the excitement of the playoffs, the fan, uh, you know, the fan-worthy news of who are the coaches that are leaving, what does it mean for my team, and then, oh, by the way, we get to soak it all in with some college football playoffs uh, to start the new year. In about 15 minutes, we'll get into the college football playoffs. that saw an emotional Baker Mayfield – of bidding 
farewell to Oklahoma after their loss to Georgia in the Rose Bowl a little bit earlier tonight. Uh, a fantastic display. Great game from pillar to post, but certainly the pageantry of the Rose Bowl, whether you watch a parade and like a parade or not, the it's a majestic day here in Southern California and obviously all around the country where people are freezing. Uh, they were able to let their angst out either through vitriolic rants and profanity lace tirades at their televisions over the sunny pictures coming from Southern California, maybe a couple of hand gestures along the way. But for us that got to enjoy it out here, it's certainly nationwide. You at least enjoyed the football that you watched, even if you might've been jealous of the weather. Yeah, I would say so. Uh, it was a, uh, it's funny because every year we have these games and you think after last year's Rose Bowl, USC Penn state coming down to the last game winning field goal that it can't possibly get better. Oh, and then, Georgia and Oklahoma give us the highest scoring Rose Bowl in history, double overtime, Heisman Trophy winner goes down, we now have the national championship game, which is of course teacher versus pupil, by the way, the national championship game has been set for about 10 minutes, I'm already sick of teacher versus pupil, Saban versus smart, <laughs> uh, but yeah, it was a fun, it was a great start to the new year, and I'm I'm enjoying being here with you, Mike. We'll get into some of those talking points about the, the final, the championship game set for next Monday night. Some of the particulars, the point spread and tickets and everything else. We'll get into that a little bit later on in the show. Alabama obviously dominating Clemson to finish off today's college football action. But the the NFL front and center, at least for most of last night and into this morning as the coaching carousel started to turn as much as we want to somehow jam Jim Harbaugh into the proceedings uh, he, he's not quite ready to go, as we discussed a little earlier in the show. We'll remain at Michigan excited about what the future is uh, for the program there as his recruiting classes get underway uh, and start to mature. But when we talk about the NFL, a lot has been centered around John Gruden, the speculation, and whether the report of the compensation is accurate or not. Team ownership, that seems to be a big deal uh, that gets thrown out a bit haphazardly because there are votes that need to take place. There's a lot of mechanics of the way the league operates in terms of giving up any part of a possession of a team that it doesn't necessarily just say, here, I, I wrote this piece of paper and I signed my name to it. No, 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 that's got to be ratified through the league and through all the other owners. So there's more to it. Not to say that it couldn't happen, just that it's not quite as as easy as that, because I'm sure you have many owners that would fight that if that was, in fact, what Oakland wanted to do. But John Gruden is the big name out there, as he has been the white whale low these many years. Uh, we know a lot of folks that are rumored to be part of a potential staff of his, but we look at it right now. There are six openings. We have Chicago, Indianapolis, Detroit, Jim Caldwell is gone, Chuck Pagano, John Fox, the Giants, Interim tag on Spagnolo, but he'll be gone. You have Oakland firing Del Rio. And then Arizona, where Bruce Arians decides he's walking away. Now, this has been speculated upon for a number of weeks. Kind of interesting the way this plays out. Drew Stanton on a torn ACL wins two games for them. A lot of talk about the future of this team. Carson Palmer, is he coming back? Remember he walked away or oh, yeah. was going to walk away before played it brilliantly getting out of Cincinnati. And then Larry Fitzgerald with his future, does he want to play under a new system? Does he want to play for another head coach? 
He said, I'm going to go golf, and then I'm going to golf, and then I'm going to golf again, and maybe somewhere along the way I'll make a decision. But Bruce Arians addressed his team in the locker room after yesterday's game, and I I thought it was important to call this back, again, owing to the fact that it's more than just a a business relationship with the coaches and players. I can't thank you enough. That's the greatest effort I've ever seen. This last month, what you guys have done is absolutely amazing. You have to be so proud of the character and the heart that you have shown. It's been my pleasure to be your coach. I was going to wait to tell you tomorrow. That's my last game. I love all of you, every single one. And, uh, man, I'm going to miss the hell out of you. I promise. Thank you, guys. One of my favorite guys to be be around, you know, when he was in Pittsburgh and certainly in Arizona. I've had a chance to interview him a few times. And, and always love the the fired up speeches and certainly the jaunty hats. If anybody in Arizona could find their way into his array of jaunty hats, it would be a prized possession. I'm not saying to steal it. I'm saying get permission from coach. Uh, maybe he doesn't need him anymore now that he's going into retirement. But a big win for them uh, as they stick a dagger into what was the Seattle Seahawks yeah. organization, 26-24, the finale. Uh, yesterday and a lot of speculation about Pete Carroll. He says, look, I'm too young to retire, but there's still some questions about what that team is in its next iteration. But what's always fun when we start looking at the coaching carousel is not necessarily nobody's celebrating the losses of jobs, but organizations move forward, whether it's your own business, whatever you work in, there's probably managers, probably bosses that, not just because you don't like them because they steal the last cup of coffee and don't refill the pot or something stupid. They park on the white lines and, and you know, really squeeze you in the parking lot and all, all of those kind of things that we, we certainly have our, our opportunities that, you know, there might be some real reasons that you want to take a, take a, see someone moved from the, the job. But in the coaching profession, we don't cheer for it, but it's a reality and part of the business as we roll forward. Uh, one of the things that we've been working here uh, at Fox Sports Radio, obviously we try to get you the best uh, and brightest of each of these games. We also have uh, on the hotline, we have Laquan Davis uh, of the Alabama Crimson Tide. Welcome in. Congratulations. You're heading back to a national title game. How's it feel? I mean, it's so great. So great. Appreciate it. So great going in the game. So when when this game started to flow, you guys dominated for most of it, but you know, waiting for those points to come up. But it, the defense ends up ruling the day as it goes through. You know, for this this season and the way this flowed through. You know, talk about the the build of this game. You know, that kind of atmosphere and coming in and you know, winning the rubber, rubber match between these schools? Coming in, I mean, we, we felt like we was under, we were underdogs. I feel like uh, we had a great preparation. I feel like uh, we, we executed plays, we did our job, and we just we created another line of tournaments. Yeah, wonderful. You said that you being an underdog, I don't, I don't know if you were technically an underdog in Vegas, but it seemed as though most of America – uh, doubted you guys coming into this game. Let me ask you this. As a guy who's been around that program, this has to be just about the first time that you guys came in feeling like America was doubting you, right? How much does that play into your preparation going into this game? Uh, we still feel that way. We still feel like people doubting us. 
we still we still got we still got a whole nother game. We still got we still got a statement to prove. I mean, true. Um, I feel like we still we still got a job to do. Raquan Davis joining us, the Jason Smith Show here at Fox Sports Radio. Mike Harmon alongside Aaron Torres. Uh, as you you go through the the process, Coach, you know certainly has the the national media has their their feelings and, and their opinion of, of his personality. What's it like getting ready for this type of an environment? You know, is is it all business? Do you guys get a, a little bit of levity mixed in, or is it you know just singular focus? Um, it's it's all business, man. We. We're just trying to do our job, man. We this, these group of guys, we want one thing and one thing only, and we, we want the natty. So we're gonna we're gonna keep pushing it. We're gonna we're gonna have a, a great preparation this week coming up to get ready for Georgia, and we're gonna we still we're gonna, we're gonna try to dominate. Simple question. I mean, how much do you know about Georgia? It's been a while since the two of you guys got together on the field. Obviously, you didn't play together, play against each other this year. What do you actually know about Georgia? Um, we um not none right now. I mean, we just we we know they have a great team, and we we know they come to play. So that's about it. Well, basically, you're just gonna say in between the the white lines, you're gonna go out and try to dominate your opponent. Is really all it comes down to, right? And all the tape in the world is only gonna tell you so much. You you eventually just have to uh, impose your will, just like you guys did tonight. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um. I feel like we, we executed, we, we did our job. Um, I feel like we we played we, we played with a, a right mindset, um, but it was real focus. I, I feel like um, we still we still I mean we we still got a statement approved, so I mean we we still got something to do. All right, did you steal any uh, handfuls of the confetti coming down on the ground or any of that to to remember the the moment? Oh no! I, I was just running around. So. <laughs> I, don't, I don't remember all that. I was running around crazy. Oh boy! I was going to ask about Bourbon Street, but uh, you guys going to celebrate? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. You guys nah. got to get back to campus, right? I'm going to go to sleep. Wow, very good. Get back at it. One more week. Congratulations. Look forward to watching you play on the big stage next week. All right, appreciate it. Thanks, Thank Raquan. Raquan Davis, defensive tackle, Alabama Crimson Tide. What what else can you say? I mean, they just dominated yards per carry under two, and you, all those talking points of what we know to be the Alabama squad, full effect for Nick Saban's squad today. Unbelievable, and we talked a little bit about it with Raekwon, but this is the first time in a long time that they've actually been doubted coming into the game. You know, we talked about earlier in the show uh, wanting to see new teams get new faces in the mix, and so... Obviously, Clemson's kind of the new flavor of the month, defending national champion, number one seed coming to this playoff. And Saban once again proves that if you give him a month, he's probably going to get the better of you. They once again get the edge, third straight national championship Alabama will be playing for next week. Well, what's interesting about it, though, is that a lot of complaining on me in media in general, certainly social media, just a microcosm of it, but on TV, on radio, some of the, the fatigue of Alabama – but also the style, yeah, right? Because in this day and age where, look, we watched 54, 48 ridiculous point totals, Oklahoma and Georgia getting after it. Here, slow, consistent, methodical football. Dominate the line of scrimmage. Only, what, three, three and a half yards per carry when it was all said and done 
for Alabama, but run the football and play nose-to-nose defensive football and grind it out. It's not style points, well, but it's effective football. Well, I was going to say, and, and the, the casual fan, they love what Oklahoma does. They love what a lot of the teams in the Big 12 do, the Texas Tech, schools like that. Well, guess what? Look look at who's in the national championship game. A great defense uh, from Georgia, despite what the stats might say today, and a great defense from Alabama. It proves it doesn't matter what level, doesn't matter uh, who the team is specifically. Defense still rules this sport at the highest levels and with the best team. 6-7-306 from Meridian, but, Mississippi. But he had a gentle heart. He was so nice, though. You would have never guessed 6-7. Wow. It's a big defensive tackle. That, well, that's that's the bigger thing for me. It's like that's normally on the edge. Yep. Right? But uh-huh. certainly uh, we, we watched a defensive masterpiece. masterpiece. Oh, we yeah, just said it at the same time. Jinx, we can't talk for the rest of the show. Oh, Uh-oh. I guess we Alex have Teicher. to. A lot, a lot of dead air. It's the, the Alex, Alex Teicher, Teicher show on Fox Sports Radio. Jason Smith's show, Fox Sports Radio. Mike Harmon alongside Aaron Torres. Thanks to Raekwon Davis for taking a few moments with us here uh, in the Geico studios. That was fun. We'll continue the talk about the coaching carousel. What job would you want? If you're looking at the coordinators, and certainly the rumors are out there, the interviews are starting to be scheduled, uh, and certainly for some teams they're a little salty, uh, their fans at least are, that the their playoff-bound coaches have their eyes in other locales. We'll get into those. What's your best job uh, on this slate? That's coming up next, the Jason Smith Show. Coming to you from the Geico Studios of Fox Sports Radio. Welcome back in. Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit geico.com for a free rate quote. Mike Harmon alongside Aaron Torres. Welcome to the slide over baby hour. The first of 2018. I raised my glass of coffee. Aaron's got some tea. We raise it to you. As we embark on another fabulous journey together from the Geico Studios, we appreciate you taking a few minutes to hang out with us. Maybe you got to go back to school tomorrow. Mom or dad let you stay up a couple minutes later. Thanks. Go evangelize to your friends on the playgrounds. Tell them what you've heard tonight. Be witness. Go to the workplace. Evangelize. Talk of the greatness of this show at Aaron underscore Torres, at Swollen Dome on Twitter. We appreciate each and every one of you stopping by. We're talking a little bit about the coaching carousel and still some questions about what's still to come, right? We still have the Cincinnati Bengals in a holding pattern. We talked about Andy Dalton and the celebration of Andy Dalton and his foundation by Buffalo Bills fans to the tune of $37,000 for vanquishing the Ravens and sending them Well, to the equivalent of NFL hell, they will have their defensive coordinator retired. Dean Pease is saying goodbye. He's been there since 2012. We've got some other movement across the National Football League in terms of coordinators. We've got all the interviews starting to line up and the wish lists from different reporters and the beat writers and what they want to see in each locale. Now, we look at some of the numbers associated with coaching changes. And again, we don't like to see people bounced, but it's the nature of the beast to move forward, whether it's our profession, whether it's the television side, whatever job you do, at some point you move forward. 
And if you're dissatisfied with the job you're in, you're looking up, you're looking out, whatever the case may be. And for NFL organizations, if you're looking to try to push towards Super Bowl contention versus just meandering through and collecting the TV and radio revenues that come along the way, then you're going to eventually have to make some hard choices. You always have to wonder what's behind door number two in terms of what you're bringing in. But we know this inevitability change is there. We heard from before we talked to Raekwon Davis, uh, who had two tackles for loss, a sack in the Alabama dominant win over Clemson. We're talking about Bruce Arians stepping away. So that gives us six openings right now, Arizona, Chicago, Detroit, Indianapolis, the giants and Oakland, Oakland, There's a placeholder card with a picture of John Gruden. I still want one of those things. I don't know if you saw them at the uh, grocery store displays. Uh Uh-oh, what is this? For um, whatever beer. I think it was a Corona Light. Ooh. That there were little, like, bobbleheads that were, like, four feet high. Of John Gruden. And it's just scary as hell. Of John Gruden. But I want one. Of Gruden? Yeah, I've got to figure out how to get one out the back door. Because those keep popping up. I want one of those things. Listen, if you're That and the Bruce Arians hat. I was gonna Those say, are on my wish list if, for tonight. If you're asking me to go buy a bunch of Corona for the next time I come in, I'll do it for the good of the show because I know that's what you guys want. I know you want the bobblehead for the good of the show, of course. I think America wants that too. Anyway, since the beginning of the 2015 season, well, if we, we t- leave the 2015 people out, that was when Dan Quinn, Malarkey, and Bowles took over and Todd Bowles saying he wants the Jets players this offseason to get mad as hell. Oh. And be ready for 2018, but he's going to keep his job. He and McCagnan stick around. 22 jobs have changed over. Since In be- two years? Well, two this off is, seasons? This is going back to... You said not including 2015. Yeah, well, 20, 2015, 2016, 2017, and those open. We're talking, and, and then we look at 2014 of Gruden, Zimmer, Zimmer and O'Brien. So you've got 10 coaches with tenure longer than four years. Wow. In the so National. less than a third, well, about a third, have not been around for more than four years. It's pretty amazing when you, when you look at it. You've got Harbaugh, Carroll, question mark, uh, Jason Garrett, Tomlin, Sean Payton, question about Mar- how long he's staying Marvin there. Marvin Lewis, question mark. Marvin Lewis, question mark. McCarthy, Andy Reid, who's been there since 2013. And Bill Belichick and Ron Rivera. That's your list of guys with more than four years on the job. Otherwise, everything else is turned over. And I was going to say, a couple of those jobs have opened up twice now, like the Giants, for example. Yeah, it's, it's pretty amazing how quickly that happens. But when you look at 2018 and draft choices off in the distance, right? Because Cleveland, you can say, oh, you want to go there because you got two of the top four. Nobody wants no, to go there. No, no you, may, you, may, you may not. Uh, and Hugh Jackson, at least for now, has been given a stay of execution. We look at the coordinator positions. Again, you, both on the offensive coordinator side of things and the defensive coordinator side of things, you have six guys with tenure longer than three years. Now, obviously, head coaches change over. You have organizational changes. But talked about Dean Pease. He's going to retire. And Dom Capers has been fired. That means four guys Jeez. longer than three years. And Matt Patricia most likely will have another job in George Edwards of the Vikings may have another job. So we talk about turnover and we certainly look in the coaching carousel for the NFL and how quickly teams move direction and react to dissatisfaction from their fan bases. Maybe after one bad year, maybe it's systemic, maybe you're going to longer issues, but 
it's just amazing how quickly things turn. And we talked about Oakland a little bit earlier. You got to know John Gruden's coming before you. I would hope you so, fire right? Jack Del Rio, right? Is is what I have to believe. And certainly, you, we talk about luck and bounces and everything playing right. Because I made the point before Derek Carr got hurt last year that the Raiders had missed almost no time to injury of anybody of consequence on their roster fourth, before before he got hurt. And they had all those fourth quarter comebacks too. What 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 I think what we're both saying is it didn't feel sustainable at the level that they were at last year. Now you thought you'd take a step forward offensively. You bring in Marshawn Lynch to to be your your workhorse and Derek Carr coming off injury but still looking at Cooper. You bring in Jared Cook, you have Crabtree, that you've got enough of the wide receiving core, tight end position and and a big offensive line that you'd be able to play well, but the bounces didn't happen defensively. The big plays didn't happen. We Every week we were joking about the lack of big plays in the secondary and, and no interceptions. But of these six positions as they stand, where would you go? Where would you go? Oakland has some pieces, and you have the lure of Las Vegas. Arizona, if Carson Palmer comes back, you're still looking at the guy on the downside of you know his 30s coming off a big injury. Chicago, Good defense, young quarterback. Still need wide receivers, but you have good two good running backs. Indianapolis, you don't know what Andrew Luck is. Defensively, a lot of problems. I mean, Ryan Grigson left a lot of holes that need to be filled, and, and they're working towards it, but you don't have a lot of playmakers there. The Giants, on paper, looked like they were going to be good this year, but the question of Eli Manning, does he come back for another year? Can he come back for another year, or is that fractured? and the playmakers, and then you've got Detroit, which, again, on paper looked better than what the results were. Is that Caldwell or is that, as our buddy Rob Parker would call him, Stat Padford, uh, Matt Stafford under center, is it an indictment on him? Yep. So of those six, Aaron Torres, if I gave you the 6 to $7 million per year to spend, uh, which, which job are you taking? <laughs> there, there's, there's, I think, appeal to just about all of them. And there's also something that would keep me, that would concern me about all of them. I think my answer is probably the Raiders, but the Raiders have been so historically dysfunctional that I just don't buy that on a whim, Mark Davis isn't going to do something stupid and fire me after I go on a three game losing streak or something. You know what I mean? And so I guess my hunch is probably Indy, but then again, how healthy is Andrew Luck? He's in the Netherlands. He's having mysterious workouts with mysterious trainers. He says he's getting better, but do we really know? I would say the Raiders, but I wouldn't feel good about it for the reason that I mentioned. How about you? Uh, I think I'd end up in Chicago, and not just because it's my hometown. Yeah, you just like the pizza. No, well, and family yeah, too, and, and, yeah. and you know the Italian sausage, uh, the Polish sausage, the beef sandwiches, and all of that is fantastic, my friend. But you've got a good defense. They played really well. They got beat down because offensively they couldn't sustain. But statistically, uh, I've got to figure out a way to keep Vic Fangio in the building. That's the key to this whole operation. But Mitchell Trubisky showed that he can make some plays, growing a bit. And I, I equated them a little bit to what we saw with the Rams. You get the right head coach to kind of unlock things, add one or two playmakers on the outside, and suddenly you have an offense and that can be a bit more explosive and a defense that's already up to the task. My, my concern with the Bears is the division because the Vikings are awesome. Sure. Especially defensively, obviously. And the Packers, you think Aaron Rodgers comes back, 
He's got a couple good years left. That was my concern with the Bears. I like the young core, especially Trubisky. Um, by the way, that's kind of how I feel about the Giants. Obviously not the young quarterback element, but they had so many injuries on the defensive line, uh, at the wide receiver position. You get a couple guys healthy, you get Eli Apple out of that locker room. I don't feel like they're that far off from being interesting again. So, you know, so to me, I, I don't know that the Giants would be my first choice, but I kind of feel the same way about the Giants that you feel about the Bears in terms of they're not that far off from being relevant again. You know what? We really could have gone ch- cheesy here, and we could have done this as a long tease over multiple segments with Ooh. like giving out roses, Bachelor style, to celebrate the arrival of the Bachelor again. It was the Rose Bowl but, today. Um, well, and that too. But uh, the Bachelor, uh, I'll see them in hell. Uh, coming up next, we get back into the Rose Bowl, which we were talking about a little bit earlier. Georgia, Oklahoma, and Baker Mayfield uh, gets teary and says goodbye. That's coming up next. But first, we step out to Steve DeSager, and we find out what's trending in our great sporting universe. Guys, I am holding in my hand odds to win the national championship in college football. Oh, yeah, buddy. These are the odds as of last April in Las Vegas. Alabama was the odds-on favorite at three to one. Georgia was thirty to one last wow. April, and now the final is in Atlanta, Georgia against Bama next Monday. Georgia did not play the Tide again this season in the SEC. By the way, at six to one to win it all, Florida State and USC. LSU was ten to one. Uh, Ohio State was eight to one, and at twelve to one to win it all this season, Louisville, Michigan, and Penn State. Michigan, uh, well, had a lead in its bowl game, lost to South Carolina. Notre Dame scored late to get a bowl victory over LSU. Central Florida finished 13-0, beating number 7-ranked Auburn in the Peach Bowl. So just a great day all around for Auburn fans. They then watched Georgia and Alabama win the national semifinals. In New Orleans tonight, Bama crushed number 1-ranked Clemson 24-7. Clemson, until its final drive, had only 113 total yards. It was a long night for the Tigers and their fans, and the game ended at about 12.20 Eastern Time, a.m. On the first 11 drives for Clemson, they had just nine first downs. Alabama is in the national title game for the sixth time in nine years. At the Rose Bowl, Georgia in double overtime against Oklahoma. Snap it to Michelle. He's running to the left, angling, 25-20. Got a block from Grubb, 50, 10, 5, touchdown, touchdown, touchdown. We're headed to Atlanta. Georgia Bulldog Sports Network from IMG there. Double overtime, 54-48 win. Sony Michelle with that game-winning 27-yard TD run on only 11 carries. He had 181 yards and three touchdowns. It was the highest-scoring Rose Bowl ever and its first overtime game. Play of the game to me is that the Bulldogs, remember, did trail 31-14 just before halftime. And then Oklahoma tried a squib kick. It was a 12-yard kickoff. Georgia took over at midfield in the final seconds before the break and wound up kicking a 55-yard field goal to end the half. Georgia, in double overtime, winds up eliminating the Sooners. In the NBA, Toronto in overtime beat Milwaukee. DeMar DeRozan, 52 points. James Harden of the Rockets will miss at least two weeks with a strained hamstring. Guard Isaiah Thomas will make his Cavs debut tomorrow. Back to you. Thank you, Steve. Coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. It's easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with Geico. Go to geico.com or call 800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. The Jason Smith Show with Mike Arman. I'm Mike Arman. He's Aaron Torres in for Jason Smith. Smith will return tomorrow after his long holiday sojourn. Holiday, holiday, holiday. No doubt we'll have to go through a whole family slideshow. 
And as long as he brings cookies, I think everybody will be happy. Hell yeah. Because there hasn't been, for all of the holiday merriment, I got to say, the the crew as a general rule the last couple of weeks, not our crew, but the g- general feeling, not not as much stuff flowing in the hallways. The cookies, wow. the cakes, the Just throwing you know, leftovers. Under the bus. No, 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 I'm saying all of us. We all failed. We all failed each other because it, this is, you know, a mutant family. We, we are still family here at Fox Sports Radio. Tyson just nodding his head going, yep, yep. Because why? We see each other more than we see our own families oftentimes. And during these holidays, we appreciate every one of you listening to us, but certainly our team here at Fox Sports Radio logging the, the hours to try to find the audio and oral greatness to get you through um, perhaps trying family uh, experiences. Maybe the extra cousin showed up that you weren't anticipating and we were your refuge. You're quiet in the storm. We appreciate you for that and for so many other reasons. Earlier tonight, we had Baker Mayfield and the Oklahoma Sooners. Well, they fell in double overtime. I've already talked about how much I hate the overtime process in college football. Let's just play sudden death. There's 15 minutes. Get after it. And then just keep going if nobody scores. But just keep going until you, you, you fall. Do you now during the regular season, is it like one of those NFL deals where you get a certain amount of time and then it just becomes a tie? And then obviously the postseason yeah. it goes sudden death. I'm down with I, that. I think it's the same thing. It's like here's no a quarter of football. I have no go. problem with that. Yeah, I think they put, I mean I'd love to go without the NFL's field you, goal yeah, nonsense. I'm not a fan fan of that. You score, you you score. It's yeah. over. You you made that point earlier, and I, I don't disagree with it. I I just completely agree with you on the idea of the college football playoff. As I was saying, was trying to explain the college football uh, or the college football overtime deal to some people that aren't college football fans, and trying to explain it to people, I realized how absurd it was that teams just start on the twenty, they go back and forth, they each get the ball. It's insane. Just not a fan. Not a fan. But Baker Mayfield put up a big. Time uh, scoring in this game, 54-48 is your final in double OT. He has his big night passing, 287 on 23 of 35, two touchdowns and interception. Also caught a touchdown pass. Rodney Anderson, the star, 201 yards. Uh, I still have issues with getting cute uh, on the third down play and handing the ball to Smallwood. You settle for the field goal, that's fine. I still say you've got to push to try it. Try to get the win. Now's not the time to start pulling uh, random plays yeah. out of the fishbowl that you haven't run yet because it's a different look in the red zone. Dance with who brung you. Dance with who got it. Put it in the Heisman Trophy winner's hands and let him make a play after the game. Go ahead, Aaron. No, I was I was just going to say I totally agree is that there were so many times there in the second half where it felt like what you just said. Lincoln Riley trying to get too cute as a play caller taking it out of Baker Mayfield's hands. You have all these weird formations. You're running these options where the players aren't in sync. You're running them to the to the strong side where, where there's no room to run. You're bringing your backup quarterback, Kyler Murray, as a decoy. It's what you said, Mike. Just put the ball in the hands of the best player in college football and let him make the magic that he has all year. Now, Baker Mayfield, after the game, obviously a long, arduous journey, a lot of highs, some lows, the off-field. He's been sick this past week, said, hey, I'm not dying. Ha-ha, ha-ha. And, and then he comes out and plays this game, and he got emotional in his postgame. Oh, um, can't believe it's over. It's uh, been a wild ride. 
being with the best coach in the country. There's a reason I'm sitting here today, and there's a reason that we've won three Big 12 titles in a row, uh, and that, that I put myself in a good position going forward in the future. And there's a reason our team is in the playoffs this year. Uh, it's words can't describe what he's meant to me, and for the other guys, I hope it's the same. Horse and channeling his inner Fizdale. Wow. Horse meat sandwich out there. Maybe he has one on one for the road. I mean, leaving California, maybe they, they plied him with some In-N-Out burger. I don't know. But Baker Mayfield emotional. Now all the debates begin, and we've heard some of the asinine e- equation uh, uh, equating him to Johnny Manziel and doing the one-for-one comparison. Yes, stylistically at times it looks the same. They're not the same guy. Yes, no. he did get chased down by a police officer while drunk. Yeah. We have that in our back pocket of all of those things. But we've seen Baker Mayfield. He was told, you know, to to kind of grow up oh, more yeah. or less by the Georgia players. Sure. Uh, humble yourself was what was being said repeatedly uh, as he was walking and, and doing handshakes. But for a, a guy on the next level, curious to see what situation he gets into and where he gets drafted. Certainly some big playmaking ability, the escape ability. It's a guy that, People are so easy to dismiss. If you have a personality, you're lost. Why so many people are so angry at Josh Rosen? Like, no, 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 no. You're a quarterback. This is how you answer questions. If you go outside, deviate from these norms, we're going to knock you. Yeah, no, and I think another, we talked about all the fun kind of storylines that are coming out of this college football national championship game. I think that's going to be a fun narrative going in to the NFL draft is what happens with Baker Mayfield because to me I think that it's actually being overplayed by us in the media about what this all means to his draft prospects I think the simple reality is I think a lot of NFL teams like how emotional he is like the fact that we we heard him crying on the podium he loves this he lives for it now does he go a little bit overboard at times yeah but you'd rather have that than the guy who doesn't love the sport who doesn't care about it I think in the long run it's going to help him. I think there are there are serious issues as far as size is concerned. The guy who was hosting before us, Mark Willard, referenced the fact that there's not a ton of track record of Big Twelve quarterbacks having success in the NFL. But I can't lie, I like this. I like what I see from Baker Mayfield. I'm excited to see what he brings to the next level. While the college championship is set, we'll get into some of the particulars. In other words, the line has already been set, as well as some of the other facts and figures related to that game. And Scott Frost says. Damn it, we should be there. We'll talk about that next. The Jason Smith Show, Fox Sports Radio, Mike Harmon alongside Aaron Torres. That's next as we close up shop here on New Year's Night. Oh, yeah, time to slide on over. Happy New Year to you. Raise a glass to you. Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon. Fox Sports Radio, I'm Mike Harmon. He's Aaron Torres in for Jason Smith. Jason returns from the holiday, holiday, holiday tomorrow. Want to say thanks to everybody hanging out with us tonight for a few minutes with your family and friends. If you're back at work, on the roads, be safe. We thank you for stopping by for a few. Thanks to our crew here, Alex, Ryan, Steve DeSager. Folks doing our editing and getting the sound for you in the back. We appreciate you. Raekwon Davis of Alabama stopped by a little earlier in the hour. Thanks to you, too. Good luck. Next week in the national title game. A couple of particulars for that national title game. Aaron Torres, are you ready? Uh-oh. If you wanted to get in to the national title game next week at the Mercedes-Benz Stadium, 
in Atlanta, Georgia. How much do you think it would cost for you to get in, just to get in the building? Okay, so Georgia is playing in this game. The yes. game is in Georgia. Yes. What are we talking, like 30 bucks, 25 bucks? <laughs> get in? Uh, you might be able to get the last parking spot on someone's lawn. One hundred billion dollars. Dr. Evil, you may have overshot it a little bit. Not much, though. Two thousand dollars. Wow. That's that's for a single ticket. How about in the furthest most reaches of the stadium? That's kind of cool, though, right? Because we we always hear about oh these bowl games, nobody attends them. Blah blah. blah. It's it's going to be a wild atmosphere for those, whether it's fans, friends of ours, in the media that are lucky oh, enough yeah. to be there. That's going to be a crazy atmosphere. Nice easy drive for those those fans that that do decide to make the run. By the way, as I always say. Your team's making a run. Obviously, Alabama, multiple times. You got to dig deep each year if you want to be part of the festivities. Otherwise, you know what? Put a couple of bucks in the old piggy bank. Maybe, maybe you just have a nice big jar. Maybe your spare change after you buy your your coffee. Maybe you downgrade the latte. So you're saying go if you can. Is what if you go, if you can go, you go for yeah. any of these types of events. If you decide that this is what is important to you as a fan, whether it's a concert or a sporting event, there's no guarantee you're getting back yeah. anytime soon. Well, and I'm not going all morbid. No, you know, we, none of us promise tomorrow. That is true. But the reality is that your team may not get back, right? I didn't. I made the choice not to go watch the Rex Grossman-led Chicago Bears play Peyton Manning in the Super Bowl. I don't know when I'm getting back again. Well, I was going to say. And I missed the Prince performance because of that. Well, So that's the bigger part in the hindsight, right? Because... Peyton Manning played terrible football in the rain and beat Rex Grossman uh, and that lucky Chicago Bears team that got every t- break that could possibly happen and Devin Hester parted the Red Sea every time he returned yeah. uh, football. I was going to say in 2011, I am a University of Connecticut alumnus, UConn, that magical Kemba Walker run, the night of the Final Four, the first round of the Final Four, so the semifinal, they beat Kentucky. On a whim, I booked a plane ticket because I thought – my Huskies will never get back to a final. They might never get back to a final four. Jim Calhoun's getting towards the end of his career. I went best decision I ever made. Oh, by the way, they won a title three years later. Well, you know that happens. Uh, Alabama opens as a four point favorite. We got to get to the important part. They open as a four point favorite. The total via the Las Vegas Superbook 48. 48. Wow. That'll that'll get you rolling as we go. Now, one of the other stories that was flowing in tonight beyond those two games was. Central Florida took down Auburn and Scott Frost saying it took a, quote, conscious effort by the committee to keep it lower in the rankings. I will just say this. Big wins over East Carolina, Austin Pay, SMU, and UConn, your squad. Why you got to talk about my Huskies? All I'm saying is those aren't exactly world beaters that make me want to thrust you up the rankings uh, when other teams are, are fighting against top 10 opponents. Well, Memphis was a they beat Memphis which is a very good team finished 10 and 3 this year. A couple other good wins on the schedule. It's going to be a talking point tomorrow. Central Florida beats Auburn who beat Georgia and Alabama who are playing for the national championship right as Alabama who was the last team to get in advances to the title game. It's going to be a fun conversation starting starting now into tomorrow. I love your transitive property working, getting some math concepts in as we go. Thanks for hanging out with us. Jonas Knox in for Ben Maller next on Fox. Live Nation presents Concert Week. 
Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus.